0: Grab your beverages and turn up your interweb. Solving the world's problems, 12 ounces at a time. It's Dudes and Beer. Everybody And welcome to episode 339 of the Dudes of Beer podcast. What an incredible number. Three is one of my power numbers in the world if you're into numerology, things like that. And 339 is just like an exponential of that. And I'm here to tell you folks, the guests tonight are exponentially amazing. I cannot wait to get into it. We are going to be featuring some great conversation tonight with the amazing reverend michael j s carter uh, he has been featured on ancient aliens he's been on coast to coast am all kinds of things we will be talking with the good reverend this evening about his fantastic new book uh, initiation the spiritual transformation of the experiencer a guide for contact experiencers um i have read the first part of this book so far today and i am here to tell you some amazing information as you guys know um i am on a spiritual path in my life um all religion aside uh however i think i think that the information in this book is good for as it says in the book itself everybody uh because we've all experienced something as we've said on this show before we've all experienced that moment that steals us as a human being, and that alone makes you an experiencer of something greater than yourself. And to, to begin to, to define yourself by that, I think, um, is, is a good foot through the door. And we'll be getting into that tonight with the good Reverend. Uh, we will also be talking with Joshua Shapiro, uh, from Crystal Skull Explorers.com about, um my crystal skull ama which i got from them uh, as well as my other crystal skull that always sits in the background here in the studio uh, we'll be talking about transmission of information from crystal skulls as well as uh some information that was recently received and some information that Joshua is getting ready to put out in his new ebook so two new books in this episode this evening uh Please do make sure to stop on by Facebook. Join the Curious Realm, uh formerly Dudes and Beer podcast. Please don't forget, we are rebranding come December, folks. Uh, we will be an all-new group. Uh, an all new show we will be the curious realm a much more open title uh, much more open to our growth to the path that we are on so uh, very very excited about that but also there at the dudes and beer group on Facebook is where you can find where we post all of the news of the week that we talk about here on the show um, and a lot of what spurs the conversation and even the guest searches for this show so right now um, authorities race to contain a deadly pop virus outbreak in India that out of CBS News a six-year-old girl dies at a Colorado amusement park uh, that from ABC News go NASA has confirmed that Perseverance Mars rover has gotten its first piece of Mars rock that out of Fizz.org. org um, unfortunately the wire actor Michael K Williams was found dead in his New York apartment that is still developing news um, An interstellar apocalypse could ride the Earth uh, with the next solar storm. That coming out of live science, that's something that I've been wanting to get people on for a while about. And another one out of Uh researchers reveal a novel metal where electrons flow with fluid-like dynamics. And that's just some of the news of the week. That's just some of the conversation going on over there at the dudes and beer group Um, once again we will be turning into the curious realm our call to action until then is literally just go google curious realm just google it you don't have to visit the site it's a page for page copy everything except for episode posts of dudes and beer so our knowledge vault all of the pdfs that you love to read along with whenever we're talking about declassified technology things like that. Those are all available there. Curiousrealm.com. And I'll show you real quick live on screen what just the last month and a half um, since we officially announced Curious Realm and saying that we are rebranding and having the call to action over the last, I think it's been about five episodes now of us asking you simply to Google Curious Realm and have your family Google Curious Realm. Check this out, folks, right here. Um, let's just Google Curious Realm and see what happens we have officially taken over the front page of Google um, you can see here where where our other competition formerly was we had a, a Pinterest group called Curious Realm and then a, a Realm 5 website and then Psychology of Curiosity things like that uh, We even Merriam-Webster Look at that. We took over Merriam Webster. (laughs) That is the power of moving an audience right there, folks. That is the power that you hold over the algorithm whenever you search things Um, simply by having. And that doesn't mean visits or anything like that. That's simply from people Googling our name. Um, so thank you guys so very much. It is because of y'all's support always and continuously that we continue to rise to the top right now. um On our way out the door as dudes and beer and becoming curious realm. We're actually actively up for a people's choice podcast award in the news and politics category. And what an honor that would be to win such a prestigious award as we rebrand. Um, The journey has been amazing with you guys. It's been fantastic. And I can't thank you enough. I can't thank all of you enough. Uh, so once again, thank you for always listening, for always being a part of the community. Um, when we get back from these messages, we will be talking with the good Reverend Michael J.S. Carter about his new book, Initiation, the Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer, a Guide for Contactees. Uh, right after this. Well, let's stop on by True Hemp Science first. True Hemp Science is the home of some of the best CBD product out there, folks. I myself am an anxiety sufferer and was uh, recommended CBD by my doctor as a supplemental to my medications. And that began my search as I traveled the country as an AV technician, going to dispensaries, things like that. And lo and behold, right here in my own backyard was the amazing Christopher Lynch. He's been on our show He's been here. We need to get him back in the studio. He's a great guy. Um, TruHempscience.com is the website. They are home to some of the best darn CBD that you will ever, ever get. Um, actual terpenes present in everything that you need medicinally from the hemp plant. Uh, they use a full spigeric process, which is alchemical. That means that they use the whole plant. They use every part of it full spectrum CBD products stop on by, use the code DUDES7 to get 7% off your entire cart of $50 or more on the way out the door you will also with that code DUDES7 get two, count them two free edibles of 25 milligrams each, either cookies or brownies, once again that website is com. the code is DUDES7 that you want to use to save 7% off your entire cart, as well as get two free brownies or cookies. Uh, Our guest, Michael J.S. Carter, right after this message from Podcast Cadet. Have you considered starting a podcast? Looking for a way to make your business a voice of authority in an industry? then Podcast Cadet is the solution for you. Whether starting a podcast for yourself, your brand, business, school, church, or just plain fun, Podcast Cadet is here to help you navigate the waters of the podcast industry. Specializing in one-on-one consultation and training with industry professionals in fields ranging from podcast technology and editing to distribution, monetization, and even social media strategies podcast cadet tailors their services to the specific needs of you and your podcast do you already have a podcast and trying to find ways to engage and grow your audience sign up for your podcast cadet audit today and let us help you explore new and exciting ways to leverage your content and elevate your podcast brand to whole new levels From consultational workshops to affordable podcast production and maintenance packages, Podcast Cadet is your one-stop shop for everything podcast-related on the Internet. Visit podcastcadet.com today to sign up for your consultation or training. And use code DUDES20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. That website, again, is podcastcadet.com. Are you there, Michael?
1: Oh, yes. Ha-ha, there he is. (laughs) How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm feeling good. I was. It's good to have a a day. It'll be a short week, but sometimes that can make it a little busier. But I'm. I was glad to have a another three day weekend. I don't think I'll get one of those again until probably Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Same. I uh, uh as I was telling you in the pre show, and as my audience knows, I mean this is. As they saw at the beginning of pre-recorded episode, I'm actively in DC working an intelligence conference as we speak. Um, wow. I am, I am bilocating. That's, that's, that's how much juice we have over here, Reverend. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, my goodness. But in all sincerity, <laughs> uh, to, like you were saying, to actively have the time to sit back and take a moment is nice um the the world has been a little rough over the last year and a half and i think i think that we we all bear a few scars and bruises from it you know um so yeah giddy as you were saying uh you recently went out and uh did a shoot for ancient aliens and came back you're still active in ministry um so you know you have responsibilities at churches things like that
3: and with
1: yeah yeah um, yeah, so. yeah my my plate's pretty full i'm a co-parent and uh i have a 15 year old daughter and you know i I'm, i get asked to speak at certain places you know on on, on various topics and so that's you know i'm keeping busy which I, I i'm glad to be i have the church and you know when they need me out in california i fly out there for for the network and um you know, and then maintaining, you know, have a relationship and, you know, life can be full and it can be challenging. And, uh, sometimes the very things that you, that you want or that you desire that you manifest can sometimes be the very things that cause stress as well. So just, just making that time and space as we were talking about before, uh, the pre record about making that time for you uh for oneself as an individual yeah um is 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 crucial i think and so that's what i i try to do as much as possible
0: same and it it took me a long time to even uh, you know as a freelance technician it's one of those you a you're only as good as your last gig b when's your next gig you know uh, yes. <laughs> so there yes. was always this harried uh harried sense of things career-wise and i remember the day that i did made the conscious decision that i would no longer double book myself i would no longer like book a gig in the morning and then book it book a gig like that started three or four hours after that ended it's like nope one gig a day man that's it uh yes and it made such a difference in the way I viewed things. It made such a difference in the attention that I gave on job site, mm-hmm. you know, like it was, it, it literally was an entire consciousness shift in the way that I did things. Uh And it's amazing how something so small can lead to such a large change in literal lifestyle and stress level and everything else it it was literally like flipping a light switch on the went oh well you know if i actually slow down a little bit like yeah this is this is nice and fun
1: yeah yeah it makes you more present for your life it makes you have more and when i was younger i was chasing the dollar and trying to, to get some security and in some degree I still to some degree I still do but I since I don't measure everything in dollars and cents and also and, and as I've gotten older I like to think I've gotten a little wiser and so um you know uh, I don't run myself into the ground because life goes fast and you can be busy and before you know it you know uh, you you're, you're 50. And then you blink again, and then you're 65, 70, and you yeah. go, where did the time go? Now you'll probably do that anyway, but you don't want to. Who was it? I, was it, was it Einstein? Anyway, someone said, there's more to life. Oh, uh, I think, well, that's not important. Uh, it, it's more to life than increasing its speed. Ah, oh. yeah. Yeah yeah it's more to life than, than 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 going fast and well, and so um quality over quantity just getting old. yeah you know it's
0: the the quality over quantity concept Exactly. Um, and you know, with, with that in mind, let's cause one of the first things that you mentioned just a minute ago that we talk about regularly on this show with guests is the concept of manifestation and what you bring into or attract to your life. And granted, um, even, even a few of your book, most people, um, with reverend as the title, before their name, Michael, would not necessarily be writing books along the topic line that you are.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the first thing is that I want to, you know, just my my, my seminary, mm. uh, Union Theological Seminary in New York City, one of the top seminaries yeah. in the country. Absolutely. Um, they, they allowed it. And by that I mean, I decided I wasn't open about my experiences then, but I decided I want to I wanted to write on UFOs in the Bible, which was my first book, Alien Scriptures, Extraterrestrials in the Holy Bible, and they said fine. Um, uh, I, I don't. A lot of seminaries would probably have said, uh, "Young man, you're not graduating from here, writing some tripe like that." Mm-hmm. But. They went on with it and were very encouraging. So I need to um, really, you know, uh, just make that public. They just they were just very supportive. I had to write about, about my experiences. And then I was getting this reputation I felt as the U, as the UFO minister. And I really didn't want that because mm. I have other interests. So I wrote, I wrote alien scriptures, and then I wrote a new world if you can take it. Still uh, religion and and UFOs, and then I wrote a thirty-day meditation calendar called God Consciousness, and then I wrote uh, a book on healing and prayer. And I thought I was going to be kind of done, and I had some friends tell me, and uh, some very talented psychics that told me, I see another book, Michael. And I kept saying, no, you know, I got a lot on my plate. But I don't know whether it was auto-suggestion. But uh, then <laughs> last spring, I mean, yeah, early spring, I said, well, maybe I won't write a big book, but I'll write a book. And what was it going to be on? And um, and then, you know, it just came to my mind, why don't you write a book about experiencers from an experiencer. And, you know, it's a handbook. I mean, it's not thick. It's war and peace. It's not war and peace. It's about 140 pages. But it's a lot of information crammed into that. I was thinking already about expanding it. I wanted to do a whole chapter chapter on listening, the healing power of listening, uh, because that would go right along with this, because you know, you want to go and talk to people or someone who's trained. But even if you don't, what's healing for people is to be listened to. to, 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 to I want my story to be listened to. I want my narrative to, to be significant. Because for a lot of time in my life, I could pay attention to your story, but I couldn't pay attention to mine. And so this book helped me kind of get that out and, you know, to manifest um uh, what I wanted to put out there. You know, I did use the word manifest, and I'm a, I'm a great believer in that, that we are magnets. And um, if you want more love in your life, then you've got to be more loving. If you want more forgiveness in your life, you have to be more forgiving. Um, if you want to manifest certain material things in your life, then you've got to be clear about what it is you're looking for. You know, you have to, whether it's a vision board or just picturing it in your mind, what you what you want and uh, and, and following that intent. And so I think that's part of the spiritual journey. And some people are, are better at it than others. But I think it's crucial um, that time. And the only way you can do that is to be not the only way that's. But it's just to spend time alone. You know, all genuine spiritual paths yeah. talk about the importance of solitude, and because that way you can pay attention to yourself, you can you can hear the things that you didn't ordinarily hear because of the noise. Some of it's uh, self-inflicted or self-imposed, and some of it just from the world at large. So, um, and this is whether you're a contactee or not. This is just a yeah. habit that can help one uh, cultivate and uh, na- navigate an, uh, an inner life. Yeah, and
0: uh, you know the, like you were saying, the port- the importance of quote retreat cannot mm-hmm. be understated in life. Yes. Um, yes, the importance of taking that time, the importance of. Uh, taking the time to reflect on things. And like you said, uh, this this book was very much for you, a reflection on your experience as the experiencer.
1: And yes, I didn't go into the detailed details of things. I put in some events that happened to me. Uh, a friend of mine said, this is kind of like your coming out book, Mike. And, and in a way it is. Because I never really, I mean, I mentioned my first contact experience in alien scriptures, and then I kind of left it at that. Um, And, you know, I'm a different person now, and so I'm much more open about it. I mean, I don't bring it up to people unless it's brought up, you know. But um, uh, it it, it needed to, to be put on paper. So it was kind of a catharsis for me as well well and there there are two things that just in
0: the that struck me just in the introduction of the book that I'd like to I'd like to ask you about real quick if we can Um, one of them was a part where you said most of these encounters are individual by this I mean that a person may encounter a star person while around other people who won't participate or even know about it for example I was experiencer her more than once as my partner was asleep in the same bed, but did not see anything or wake up. Now that is a straight echo of the experience that I reflect to my audience all the time um, of when I felt the presence of God and felt moved to enter the seminary and serve God, the universe, something larger than myself yeah um nobody like i had people within proximity of me i i i felt a presence i i heard what I consider to be a voice um i felt a temperature change i felt all sorts of things nobody around me did and this was an utterly conscious experience i was i was not asleep, but I was in the middle of serving mass. Yeah, like I was fully <laughs> yeah. actively consciously participating. Yes. as it would be put. So yeah. um, it was one of those moments that once again, like I said, in the beginning of the show, uh steeled me as a human being and just and and just changed me. And my call to leave the seminary was just as visceral. Yeah, um, <laughs> which which is yeah. what threw me for a loop for years. It was like, how can the Johnny, thanks for playing, what are his parting gifts be just as visceral as the invitation? Um, and it was strange for me. So, um, what, what, let's, let's get into, if we can, a couple of your experiences and what brought you to the understanding and the kind and loving understanding between the worlds of religion and spirituality and
1: experiencer well when my mind the way i'm wired in this life is i'm very much about one's inner life now maybe that's a a bleed through from another time but i was always at least to some degree somewhat introspective and so When I had my experience as an adult, I mean, looking back, I had experiences as a child, but I had no uh, vocabulary for it. But um, after I had my initial experience, I it just changed me, my inner world. Yes, it shattered my reality. Um, But you know, I have a lot of friends who are into. Propulsion systems and back engineering and the nuts and bolts of this phenomenon. Sure, that doesn't. That's that's. I'm not wired that way. And so I was already. I was born and raised Baptist. Um, I I but I I was always interested in compar- comparative religion studies. I visited churches, mosques, synagogues, and I was always fascinated by the similarities in uh, these religions. And so when I was visited the first time, I figured, man, if these folks came to me in 1989, CE or AD, whatever you prefer, then somehow they must have been here in 1989 BCE or maybe even before that. So for me, it was a natural progression. Now, fortunately, as in all things, you know, we stand on the shoulders of other people. There was Uh, My friend and colleague, the Reverend Dr. Barry Downing, retired Presbyterian Mm. minister, wrote a book in 1968, uh, The Bible and Flying Saucers. Uh, Morris K. Jessup died under mysterious circumstances in the 50s, wrote a book about the Bible and UFOs. Uh, We have some female energy in the house. Um, uh, The Reverend Virginia Brazington wrote a book back in, I think, the 60s. I have a year called The Bible and UFOs in the Bible. And, of course, there are others. And so it gave me, it was a template, and it made, you know, I started reading these things, and it started making sense. I started saying, yeah, what would happen if everywhere in the Bible you saw the word angel, you put extraterrestrial or star person or whatever you wanted to do? Sure. Because angel really, you know, it means messenger, and none of the none of the angels in the Bible have wings. Yeah, nowhere yeah. does it say it have wings. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, well, maybe our ancestors were trying to tell us that these beings could fly, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All utterly
0: uh-huh. confused uh, by imagery from from my faith. Um, yeah, and, and there is, and like you said, every reference of angel in the Bible, uh, they are confused with man.
1: Yeah and and oh, I think what's the Hebrew word malak or yeah anyway, anyway it means message yeah and 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 then it got me going and then i was having these experiences and i i was going deeper and deeper i was buying books from and and, and scriptures from other religions and then going into native american cosmology and to buddhism and hinduism and they make room as does that's this Catholicism. Sure. They make room for uh uh for other deities. They have their one main deity, but they make room. And I said, What if these beings were really extraterrestrial? And so that's how I got on the path, but I wouldn't talk about my experiences because it simply wasn't accepted. I remember telling a colleague of mine um several years ago. I was in Boston for a meeting and, um, uh, with my denomination, which is Unitarian Universalist. And, um, I mentioned to her, I took a chance and, uh, she said, now, Michael, I remember she had a purple Jeep and we were in Boston and, um, driving around and she said, uh, I believe you. Um, I I believe it's at least possible. But if you want to have a career in this denomination, you must never tell that story again. (laughs) And I was like, got it. I got it. And I even had someone who wanted me fired uh, from my church um, because they said I was watching TV one night and I saw uh, my minister on a TV show, it was Ancient Aliens, um, talking about little green men, her words not mine and she and she was a big donor she was a big donor to the church and she uh you know you know she was she was angry and nobody questioned
0: what, what she was doing watching inktern aliens, just what you were doing you. on
1: it. thank you, thank you. <laughs> And uh, I, you know, and but they said, "Look, he doesn't preach this from the pulpit. Yeah, he's not forcing this on anybody." Uh, and he's, you know, they said he may have a point. And they came to my rescue. Yeah, yeah. My, and and you know, that's like like
0: you said. They, and granted, the the Catholic Church's position on UFOs and things like that has changed in the last decade, and it's really the astronomer uh, who I've tried to contact numerous times to get on the show. Um, I'm sure once the show name changes, it might be a bit easier, but uh, when the the church came out and said that existence of extraterrestrials would not in any way, shape, or form go against Catholic teaching... Yeah. Or anything like that. That was a huge moment. That was yes. a big, big moment. It's, um, yes. Now, was it? How were your experiences? Was your family aware of your
1: experiences that you had? No, um, and I did not. Especially as an adult. When I was younger, I would always see these little. They look like orbs, but. Mm. You know, it was I could see them. They were different colors, blue, red, green. They may have been uh, uh, intelligent beings who just didn't have a body, but they would float in front of my eyes if I was in my bedroom by myself or what have you. Hey, I thought everybody saw them. But it, it was interesting because I could see the three dimensional dimensionality of the space in mm. my room. And I could always see auras around people, which I still do, that kind of thing. But I just never, and I would have these bleed my I would wake up with blood on my pillow occasionally and I was I thought it was my ear was bleeding. I was like, what what is going on? I later found out my it was my nose. I was having nosebleeds, which I don't have anymore. Um but it was just around a certain time in my life. And so, no, my mom, I did not tell them, um, and they knew about, because my books were coming out and that kind of thing, but no, I, I mean, one day I did tell my mom about it, and I guess, you know, she says she's had some interesting things happen, but that's as far as it went. Now, to this day, you know, it's just they don't talk about it. Yeah, they know I talk about it, they know I shoot these little documentaries and what have you. They know about my books. As a matter of fact, my mom wants me to send her a copy of uh, Initiation. Great, um, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't something that I was talking about only to people. You know, I used to be in a support group when I lived in New York, and mm. you know, and even to this day, unless someone brings it up, and even then, um, I, I decide. How far I want to go into it because I don't feel like arguing with people. Some yep. people want to debate it. Um, I'm like I told you, I'm 64 years young. I'm at a point in my life where I'd rather, you know, I had Michael, do you want to be right or do you want to be at peace? Yes. Well, at this late date, I want to be at peace. So I, I can just say, look, this is what's happened to me. This is where my research has led me. If it resonates with you, by all means, there are books, there are other people uh, to research, and if it doesn't, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah,
0: yes, it's Thank real you. simple. It's real simple. Quite literally, the the premise of this show, Michael, is is the idea of a. I was almost forty years old when I started this show, um, and other than people that wore black and did the job I did, I didn't hang out with anybody else and I was like, yes. you know, at one point in life I hung out with other people of other walks of life that did other things for work yes, and had conversations and it it was the idea of our country was started in a bar yes. by, by people of various walks of life who who were of different income levels. You know, some of them were doctors, some of them were farmers, some of them were mayors. Um, but they all agreed that that was no good. And what are we going to do about that? Yeah. And, and less than 20 percent of those people of that time took place in the American Revolution. Yes. Less than 20 yeah. percent. So, hey, if I can find one out of five person that I can have this conversation with, I'm happy.
1: Yeah, 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 and, 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 you know, and you know, I I lost, I, well lost is not the word, at the beginning, when I was first, when I was a wreck, I wasn't sleeping, I was afraid to mm. turn my light off and I was in therapy and I was, you know, I was just really, really a wreck. And, and I,
0: what age were you at this point, Michael? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Oh, it was short. Well, I'm 64 now. I was born in 57. It was right around 89, 90, okay. 91, because I just started having that first. My first uh, contact uh, was December 28th, 1989. And I was really, um, you know, I was going through a lot. And I just I was in a support group and that helped to, to, to see other people who had the same experiences, and not only saw them, but interpreted them. Even though it was traumatic for me, I basically felt that my experiences were positive. So I was more like in John Mack's camp, okay. and that, that it was a spiritual, not for everybody, because uh, my friend well, the late Bud Hopkins, mm. he had regressed me. Later on, Dr. Gene Mundy regressed me initially, and Bud. When we were in New York, once in a while, our support group would get together with Bud's group. But at that time, in Bud's evolution, um, Bud was saying that this is sinister; it's dark. These beings don't mean us any good. And once in a while, I would get you know, I our group would get together with them. But these folks had traumatic people had sperm and ovum taken. Um, mm by anal probes, I get it. But I didn't have that. And so I wanted people to know that it's not all fear and people take... Some of these beings and some of these experiences can be uh, spiritually transformative. Thus, the book. But also, that's what's happened to me. Now, even tonight... I mean, I'm not as bad as I used to be. I turn the lights out, uh, but but you know, there's still that kind of trepidation. I, you know, you can mm. call it post-traumatic, whatever. But it's not so much that. What what it is is that my my doors can be locked, my windows can be closed, yeah, and I can wake up and there's someone around my bed. That that will freak you out, whether it was a human being or not. Yep. And so that that's the thing that gets me, and um, uh, so you know I, I can be hyper vigilant about that. But um, I can.
0: Oh, I think that we're losing you there,
1: Michael. I'm back. Hey, hey, there he is. Yeah, this has happened. In, this this is interesting, but I'm not I, I'm not going to overthink it. <laughs> this has happened twice. Okay. Um, when I've been on shows, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, anyway, luckily it's a pre-record. And I'm sure you can piece it together. Oh,
0: absolutely, I can. Yeah. That's exactly what all these cool graphics are for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so where were? We? Oh, we were talking about the spirit. Yeah. Um, but ba- yeah. Well, basically, what I was just saying is that aside from the um, the the trauma uh, of, of you know just having that reality kind of shattered, um that i I, I, it's been a good thing it's expedited my spiritual growth and um it has changed it's forever changed me and that is
0: i i I would think something that uh once again steals you uh in a certain way and and prepares you for something else uh With the with the concept of religion going on uh, once again, how has that been received amongst, uh, I guess, other experiencers, Uh, you know, the the idea that you are with an organized religion that, you know, you you wear a collar, so to speak.
1: Well, there a couple of ways. First of all, I'm with a very, very, very progressive denomination, Unitarian Universalism. So sure. we are a creedless um, denomination. We are part of the Protestant Reformation. It's just that when people zig, we zag. Uh, and so on a Sunday morning, I'm, I could be speaking to a, a UU Christian sitting next to an atheist, sitting next to... Um, someone Jewish sitting next to a pagan, so it's all there, uh, these belief systems, and that's one of the challenges, but that's also what I love about, and I could preach something that I read in the New York Times, or I could speak about something from the Bible, I have a lot of freedom, that's number one number two is um, that I find the conferences that I were was attending before uh COVID mm. at the very beginning. Not not the Delta variant, but yeah. Yeah. You know, people were they were they, they they were they were they were packed. Not all of them at the very beginning in twenty fourteen when I was just starting out, I was at contact in the desert and blah, blah, blah. Sure. but but um people we're fascinated because what they're looking for are some clues and answers where I can, not me, but I'm using the word I, how can I take some wisdom from these books or this, these wisdom teachings and apply them in a world that's seemingly gone crazy? And yeah. so I, I can try to get them to do that. And so they are fascinated by religion and how these beings may relate to that. But what they really, when I start going into the spirituality, you can hear a pin drop in the house. And I have to tell you, I've never had this before. Mm. I got a standing ovation beautiful in, in, in Nashville in 2019. And then there were some heavy hitters there. There was Steve Bassett and there was, uh, Kath, Kath, Kathleen Martin, you mm. know, from Betty and Bonnie Hill. Yeah. And, you know, the usual. Travis was there. Travis Walton, Stanton Friedman, uh, you know, was there before he died. And, you know, I came out and I'm not a slouch. I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but It was a two-hour talk, and I talked about it. I had slides, and I talked about what I need, my experiences, what I've gleaned from it. But I always do the last 15, 20 minutes, I try to talk to them about the spirituality, whether you are a contactee or not. And these people got up and stood up and gave me an ovation. And so I say all that to say that people are hungry for it. Yeah. Now, there are people who call who would call me and say, can I still be a Christian and believe in extraterrestrials? I said, of course you can. Of course you can. And and so that's the thing, because they're trying to mesh this new way of thinking when they're trying not to throw out the baby with the bathwater.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is easy to do. And for me. Not with all beings, uh, but what's we're seeing a perfect match, if you will, of some of these beings who possess a very, very high sense of spirituality Mm. and technology.
0: Yes, yes, and and you know, much like we said in our uh, pre-show conversation, it's that I think it's that account of that spiritual accountability, especially that, uh, any, any higher intelligence, things like that would, uh, definitely be evolved to, let's just say, um, that, that greater sense of you, you're just a, a pebble in a pond, but don't forget you're part of the pond. You can move the pond. You yes. can move the rocks around you, um, things like that, and there. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people sadly get so hung up in the religion that they forget about the spirituality.
1: Yeah, and 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 they're not always the same thing, but sometimes they are. Sure, sure. And we and we have to remember that. Yeah, uh,
0: they definitely think, run parallel roads at the
1: least. Yes, and and sometimes they are. I, I know religion some religious people who are deeply spiritual sure. and 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 they, and they walk their talk. And I know, I know some people who are spiritual who are not the greatest people in the world. Yes. Um, but so, so, you know, we really, you know, you don't want to, we don't want to drive too much of a wedge and make it us and them. But what, but, but I, I'm just thinking that this is what is going on. And I think the experiencer who has, if he or she, uh, says that these were positive things. There may have been some difficult times or situations. These were positive things. I yeah. think the experiencer can help lead us. I don't want to romanticize Sure. Over, but can because of those experiences can lead us a little further forward in how we can evolve. And uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking now. And so, it, and you, we're seeing it now. Sure. We're seeing, uh, there's so many books out now by experiencers. Um, these I've seen about three or four. Yeah. Uh, not including mine. I'm, and and, uh, and they're different. They're, these are sure. experiences talking about their experience. Um, And I think that even though the government has not been as transparent as perhaps one would like, because uh, military people are starting to say, well, you know, we've seen these craft and what have you. Yeah. People, people don't chuckle so much when you come out and say, I thought I saw a yeah. craft or Maybe I saw one of the beings, you know what
0: I'm saying? One one of and the that, things we have brought oh, no. up on this show since the beginning of all that is, isn't it interesting now to hear the media using the term UFO denier? Okay. As though now there is a shift in mentality amongst. Well, it's a shift, a shift in consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's really posts. interesting to have seen that come about um since Lou Elizondo uh brought things about and really since since this um whole beginning uh toward the release of and since the release of the the documents that came out. The uh the I guess the the study that was demanded by Congress, you yes. know, everything else, the nine page document. Um, so it's it's really been interesting to see that shift and to see that yes. to see that it move toward acceptance. Um, and, yeah, the fact that um, even as somebody who's researched within the community for years and followed people like the Caroline Coreys and you know Linda Moulton Howes, people like yourself, um, along shows like Ancient Aliens, things like that. Um, it's been interesting to see the number of books by people like Terry Lovelace, Aaron Montgomery, um, folks like that, Sev talk. Um, who, who are experiencers who have been coming out and be, become very involved in this movement for disclosure. So yeah. it's, it's been yeah, great. Yeah.
1: And, 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 you know, I see, I think we're already having disclosure. Oh, absolutely. You know, opening I mean, and, the but, conversation I mean, itself is yeah. a point of reality is yeah. disclosure. This is disclosure. I mean, I, I, I'm not waiting for my government to come out clean. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not You, you can know, keep waiting that if that's happen. what
0: you're waiting for out there, yeah, folks. Yeah, you, you
1: could be very disappointed. Keep, keep on waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, but this is disclosure. Yeah, and um, and it'll be gradual. But you know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't really need a government or anybody to affirm something that I know is true. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I don't get all bent out. I mean, if you have the energy and. That's way. That's the that's the um, uh, form of activism because there's many ways to be an activist, and Lord knows there's enough problems and causes out here. Yeah. And if that's where your energy is, that's fine. But I, uh, you know, it's it's it, God bless them because uh, uh, it's, that's going to be a long haul. Yeah. I mean, the only time I believe that our government. And it could be other governments involved. I'm almost sure. But if if they do come out and say that these beings exist, you can almost bet that they're going to be called an enemy, that they are a threat to national security. Yep. And they're they're not going to be dealt with as diplomats or ambassadors. We heard some of that talk at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, they're violating our airspace. Yeah, who are they? We got to find out who they are. This yeah. is a national security. And and the thing is when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And and I get it that military people, that's what they do. Uh that's their job, the, for security. But these beings haven't done anything to us. Yeah. To warrant the mongering that we've seen and that we're going to see moving forward. Yeah. And,
0: and I mean, just to, uh, uh, just to bring it out to you folks for those that d- may not realize that it's a thing, but back in, I'm going to bring it up on screen right now, uh, from Economist talking about the UN secret of alien ambassador. We, we actively have, and, and just so you can see the search, there's more than one article talking about The new United States Office for Outer Space Affairs, Um, things like that, like that is an office that actively exists amongst the United Nations. So this is obviously something and that's from 2010. That's far before we ever said, like, hey, we're starting a space force. Not that that wasn't like the purview of numerous parts yeah, of the air force to begin with has been going on for long. <laughs> a long long time exactly and they're just letting us know yeah but they've been We're, doing this for hey decades. just so just so you can catch up mm-hmm. it, it's exactly what it is you know yes. i mean this stuff yes. has been out there like i'm a news hound i follow this kind of stuff but it's one of those like Man, I'm glad I can just recall things like that because you see this stuff regularly. Yeah, you know the the, the fact that in the last six months CERN has announced that they have turned light into matter. That, yes, like that—that's a whole new realm of physics, folks. Well, no, not only that, but they
1: probably have done it years that, ago. That's like, just they the didn't confirmation. us that.
0: That's just the confirmation of it, that yeah. yes, we did it. It's a real thing. We've repeated yeah. it. We've repeated it. We've repeated
1: it. And, 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 and you know, I, I, I love it. But I, my, my concern is that we don't have the spirituality mm. to go with it. And so what we're going to do is make weapons mm. and and super soldiers and, yeah. and uh, you know, weapons and that kind of thing. Yeah, as there's- opposed to saying, what can we use how can we use this technology to better yes. the situation of sentient beings on this planet? The, We're not going to use it for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, the prime example that I give to my audience all the time, Michael, is uh, let's, let's just take a look at AI and robotics, and mm-hmm. aside from putting them in warehouses and making them do all of our manual tasks, what's the next thing that we came up with? Oh, let's have sex bots. Mm-hmm. So so when they do become sentient and start looking at the history of robots and humanity, what do you think's going to happen? Do you, do you think they're going to view us in a really good, like, hey, these are our creators, like, right? Or is it going to be that Westworld, like, hey man like you had a million and one enlightened choices in which to you and enlightened ways in which to use us you used us for manual labor and sex bots mm-hmm. you know um and and when you start thinking about things that way yeah it's it's hard to think um even the Lockheed Martin video that we play regularly on the show with our guest Mike turber where they're talking about a nuclear f- reactor that fits inside of something sm- like is large as a u-haul truck you know and this is like mm-hmm. first generation but we can recreate this regularly and you know don't get me wrong it's going to be used for mankind it'll be used in weapons but first but you know cuz that's what we do but Just it'll so be used good. for mankind first um and that's what i've held about this whole uf uap rollout and things like that on this show to be from the get-go is that there is only one way that we are going to be able to explain the mass leap in technology that is about to come out there like the eventually the technology will be available to the public much like our phones and stuff like that you know um, so the only way to explain that leap of technology is to be straight eventually and just be like, yep. Yeah. You know, we found something a long time ago. Um, and now that we've been tinkering with it, these dudes are around.
1: <laughs> but Well, well, yeah, but then they're going to have to explain, you know, people have lost their lives over this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, people, you know, lives, livelihoods, their lives, uh, with, with security oaths and stuff like that, yeah. So it'll be a little messy. Well, they—they—it's not just that people have lost careers. Well, over that's this. what I'm saying. I mean, you know, people have actually literally died. Oh, sure. Of uh, because they couldn't be trusted not to mention it. Yeah. But yeah, people have lost careers, and that's—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, I'm putting that under the whole rubric. Yeah. And so, you know, when—and—and and so when they come out and say oh, yeah, by the way, something crashed and we back-engineered it, it's going to be a little messier than just that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's if, some, There's going to be a lot to answer for. Yes, yes,
0: precisely. And, and, you know, once again, I think that what we're seeing mostly on the videos and everything is more than likely our technology that has been made from that. Um, and that that's what we're going to come to find out. Uh, so it's going to be it's
1: going to be interesting, but it's going to be messy at the same time over the next many and, years. And, and and if you don't have a spiritual center, if you don't yeah. have a way to be grounded, you'll be like a bottle in the ocean. Yep. See, uh, Fox will tell you this. Uh, uh, MSNBC will tell you that this UFO investigator will say this. <clears throat> this politician will say that. And you'll be just thrown off balance. Yeah. And we're yeah. not just talking about everyday life with having a relationship, going to work, feeding your family. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you'll be like a little bottle tossed by the waves in, in an ocean. Yeah. And so you've got to find a way, whether whatever your spiritual or religious tradition is. Yep. Yep. Use that to cultivate that because they're going to be some trying times, yes ahead
0: some some trying and ultimately redefining times ahead i think and I think right now, just in the last year and a half has been and you you can look at it in whatever uh book of revelations way well, you like folks but if you can't say that the last year and a half has not been a point of tribulation for humanity boy howdy i think you need to relook up the definition of the word tribulation because uh, <laughs> yeah. book of revelations or not this has been as we've said on this show numerous times something that like nine eleven, not only shook the world but impacted Every single person in the world in some way, shape or form, um, whereas 9 you know, yeah, maybe you got to take your shoes off in an airport now. Things like that. Maybe you didn't know somebody who died in the towers or joined the military because of it. Something like that. Um, with covid, it's a different situation. This has been such a worldwide mm-hmm. and such a far spread and for so long situation that now we all either know somebody that has had it had a close call with it had somebody that has passed from it lost a job because of it changed jobs because of it like people's whole paradigms have been Mm -hmm. shifted Mm -hmm. because of this yes um and i think it really is what art bell used to refer to as the quickening you know there's there's this tom and jerry snowball down a hill effect going on with humanity right now that I think, uh, you know, um, like you're saying, without a spiritual grounding, without without one leg on the ground about things, people might get really, really carried. And we're seeing it. People get really, really carried away. Like there's no, there's no, we might see it. We're seeing it. Weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think it like I say in my book, and again, people can, uh, you know, we, we're taught to see. We're taught. I'm a man of the West. I was mm. educated in the West, and so we look at life as duality. It's either good or it's bad. It's either black or it's white. It's either positive or negative. I. Myself, am more attracted to Eastern philosophy, and I love the symbol of Taoism, same. because there's a little light in the dark and dark in the light. I say all that to say is we could be looking at a new world being born. At the same time, it doesn't mean that we won't destroy ourselves. It yeah. doesn't mean that climate change won't destroy us or we'll, we'll nuke ourselves to death. Both those options are on the table. <laughs> but what we... Well, what we are seeing, because we're used to saying it's yeah. got to be this or it's got to be that. Yep. Or we're used to saying that time is linear. It's the end of the world. No, every end is a new beginning. Yes. The earth doesn't need us. We need the earth. And so time is like a spiral. But I say all that to say that we're seeing people starting to question, can capitalism and democracy coexist. Mm. We're seeing people starting to talk about um, we want to be free. We, we we need a new paradigm. Yeah, we can't have uh, a one percent of the population owning ninety percent of the wealth. And this is also happening all over the world. Yeah, and so for those folks who don't like change and. We could argue the only people like change are wet babies, but <laughs> but but there's change. And so you got this one group of folk who are making money and um, life is going well, and they're going to hold on for dear life. And then you got another group of folk who are saying, We cannot always have this underclass. You cannot spend $3 trillion a day in Afghanistan and then say you don't have enough money to to give people to feed their families or to have health care or to. uh, People are saying, we can't, that's not working anymore.
0: It's just a disparity. It's just a disparity.
1: And so we have a choice. Can we learn to be more equitable? Can we learn to use the money? I'm curious as to what we're going to do with the money that's going to be saved from this war. What are we going to do? We're probably going to find another enemy and we're going to be in another war somewhere because we're always at war. Yeah. My point being is that we have a choice, collectively speaking, that we can go forward into the 21st century as more civilized people with at least giving people opportunity to, to be able to have a meal and a job that gives them dignity yeah. and to have health care. Or we can keep destroying the planet. We can keep making money hand over fist, not thinking about what we're doing to the next generation, and we can destroy ourselves. I I go back and forth, but I can't afford not to throw my hat in with the new world because if you're not part of the solution then you're part of the problem
0: yes yeah. yeah yeah amen i mean i uh, people and believe me i've had people in in my group on facebook people people even that listen to this show question you know like why why i got a vaccine and i was like i'll be straight with you i have a wife and a child at home and not having one will affect my being able to provide for them in the means in which I provide for them. I yes. know for a fact that it, a hey, they're already taught. Talk- I just, I work medical conferences, half the half the talk from doctors at the medical conferences that I have worked has been about um, some universal form of knowing that you have been vaccinated for, for the speed of knowing Um, And the one thing I have held the whole time is I guarantee you it will be tied to my TSC pre-check eventually, uh, just for states like Massachusetts, stuff like that. Um, And in addition to that, it will be technicians who have one will be preferred to work shows abroad and um, across the country. So yeah, like without without being a part of that movement going forward, like you're saying in that modern world going forward, I would be doing a detriment to my family.
1: Well, I'm I, I, and I don't want to get into that no. too much because everybody yeah. has their own reason, and and I think people have to do what's right for them. Yes, I'm just speaking, even in um, as we move forward. Um, we've we got some choices to make of how we're going to be with each other. Well, how are we going to be able to navigate with each other as human beings, as sentient beings, because we also have the animal kingdom. Um, and those are the things we're going to be looking at. What does it mean to be human, especially yeah. with AI coming up? How are we yeah. going to be able to do with that? Are we going to spend all our money on weapons? Um, and, and as far as vaccines go, people have to do what's right. What's right for
0: them. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, before we let you go here in just a minute, there's, there's one more question that I had for you, which was, Mm -hmm. uh, discussing. uh, Experiencers from different races. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think, I think that you, you brought that up very shortly, in here uh, and i think it's something that's you mean you mean human beings who well sure who've had, yeah okay I well you meant, and like, you know you say all ages races, races socioeconomic classes they come from all demographics yes um, and, and and you know granted yes though the majority are white people some are african-american and you know granted that demographic has even shifted in america now um mm-hmm. Uh, as as of all recent statistics, but how 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 did that affect you, especially during that during the time in which you were processing your experiences and really kind of coming yeah. to terms with them and coming public question. with them? You know, well, how no. how
1: did that play into that for you? Well, there's a stigma. But there's a stigma around health care. I mean there's a mm. stigma and it's, it's it's every I mean about sure. mental health and what have you. It's it's I mean, I have good friends here and I live in the Bible Belt Say. and they are white and um they get nervous when you bring up race in, in, in the UFO community. But that's changing now. How it affected me in the African American community was that people see what—that's—that's a that's what white people thing. That's crazy. It's like worrying about the environment. Some people are saying, "I'm not worried about the earth. I'm trying to worry about not getting shot by a cop or, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I'm worried that. about
0: living every damn day. Yeah,
1: I, I get that. But um and so I had to navigate that, and I still navigate it. However by being on ancient aliens and being one of very few people of color that has had the opportunity and other UFO shows, Mm -hmm. um, I get more uh, fan email, uh, more comments from people saying, boy, it's about time. Uh, I, I, I looked up, I heard a voice. I looked up and I saw you there and I was so happy, you know, and so that is shifting. Um, at the the the, uh, the uh, conference I did mm. in twenty nineteen uh, 2019 in Nashville, uh, there was a woman of color, a gay, an out gay woman of color, was the producer of that conference. Uh, I have a good friend by name Alexis Brooks. She's uh, uh, she does many things, uh, but she is a talk radio. A person and she's a woman of color and we need more uh and there will be more um there's another guy I forget his name he used to be an anchor on CNN he's he's a man of color and he's a host he hosts this paranormal show uh it's paranormal and you I have not seen it hmm. um I have um well been, even even Bill Carson I've yeah I've auditioned for yes uh, brother Carson. Too, but see, it's just a few of us. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I've auditioned for uh, a, um, uh, a a television series not too long ago. Um, still waiting for funding uh, uh, about a UFO paranormal show. So we're kind of like pioneers, but it is changing because ufology is still a predominantly white male endeavor. I mean, I'm on Facebook occasionally. I see, and I know some of these people. Some of them sure. I'm friendly with. Us. It doesn't make them bad people. But if you see the list of who's on the show, who's who's at the conference, you, you, 80 85% of them are male and white. And yeah. that's got to start changing. But I think it will change. And it's just starting to change now. It's a great question, and I'm glad you brought it up. Well, I think it's a really important question
0: because, it, you know, um, like I'm I'm Cajun in my upbringing and, you know, things like the stuff like that, uh, tales like Rougerou, all that kind of stuff like, hey, that's just that's part of our culture, you know. Yes. So if, if you're out there and you're you're fishing in a p-row at night and talking about you know some critter that you saw crawling through the woods it may not be such a strange thing to talk about however you get somebody from outside of the community to come in and start asking questions and that's yeah. a totally different story
1: no it is and and see i that's why i do this anti-racism work um you know i'm not a, you know i started watching star trek maybe about Three and a half, four years ago. Now okay. I haven't watched all of them. I've been hooked on Discovery, and I've been hooked on DS Nine. I bought them, and so oh, I know DS Nine my jam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I know some people who say, "Well, it's not Trekky enough." So, what for me, it's the is,
0: father-son story that does it.
1: Well, it's kind of not white male anymore. Well, that too. But you know, and so people get kind of stuck on that. And, um, uh, but what I wanted to say is that I love the fact that, like Star Wars, you can go in the, you know, they have a bar scene Mm -hmm. and you've got all these races and species and some of them are dating each other and some of them are drinking alcohol and some of them, I mean, that's the world I live in and that's the world I want to continue to live in because it's a diverse universe. It's a diverse, the universe is teeming with life and people look different, and we don't always have to fear that. But there, there's like the, there's um, the, the, the thing that Jesus said to his disciples. He was trying to get a point across. He said, if I speak to you of earthly things and you don't understand, then how will you understand me when I speak to you of heavenly things? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And so I kind of like that prime directive thing. I wish we would kind of, sometimes we don't have, I mean, I know it's too complicated. People have pipelines in their country and their resources and all that. Sure. But it would be nice sometime to use some part of the prime directive. Let people work out their own stuff. We don't have to always jump in yep. and make people, you know. But anyway, what do I know? <laughs> I know, I know that we're, we're, we're running out of time, and I just want to say to you that this has been a pleasure, and I hope we can do it again. And sometime. again and again,
0: and again yes. and again, Michael. I, I, have thoroughly, I have thoroughly enjoyed our pre-show conversation as well as this oh, recording. I listen, mean, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's been beautiful, brother, and I, I just didn't want to get into yeah. the mass thing, but look, I got my shots. I yeah. got my shots. Hey. My daughter has shots. Uh, uh, yeah, and I had to do. If I didn't have a child, or if I didn't have um, these other responsibilities, I don't know yeah. if I would have been so quick to get it. Yeah. So, so, but, but, I also want to respect that people have a right to to decide what you put in your body Absolutely. without being coerced. Yep. Without being, But but yeah, I had to get a shot. I, I have a church. And uh, they made it very clear. You got a you know? church?
0: You you have a, a career as a guest on shows like Ancient Aliens?
1: got, That's the rule. Now, yeah. I, I take care of myself. I take a lot of vitamins and herbs and what have you. But And I also had some anaphylactic allergies, which is one of the reasons mm. I didn't want to get my shot. And again, it's a whole different topic. Yeah. And maybe we can talk about it. But I just want to say to brothers and sisters who didn't get it for whatever reason, I I stand by that I support you yeah. because you get the right to choose. That's I right. made my choice, you know, but I'm not down on you or you're selfish and you're just no, you know, it's it's got to be a deeper conversation than that, that yeah. if you don't get a shot. You're selfish and I got a shot and I'm not, selfish, you know, but it's more complicated than we'll ever know. I'm and, sure we're not being told the truth about everything. Well, And, and so it, I just wanted to say that before I wasn't trying to say, well, come on, no, we don't need to talk ab- about absolutely that.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. But, and but, I firmly yeah, I understand shots, it. Because it can, but, it can rabbit hole rapidly. And it's, yeah. it's one of those, you know, like I, like I typically bring up in, Every conversation in our social media that pops up about that is don't forget that is the us versus them tribal distillation mentality that is so entirely like you want to root out racism real quick. Let's get rid of a tribal us versus them mentality because it doesn't just exist here in the United States.
1: It exists globally. Well well I mean but even with the choices that so, you make going forward yeah. as human beings, you know, and these are things we're gonna to have to wrestle with. Yes. Yeah. What if it's my body, do I not or do I have the right to refuse? Now yeah. I have to face the consequences that come with that. Because, you know, you use the word accountability a lot, which I agree with the responsibility. Yeah. But, you know, and listen, if I knew the answer, we'd have the Nobel Peace Prize. We yeah. We could split the money.
0: I, hey, buddy, I wouldn't be hosting this show if I had the answer. You know. I mean, I probably would, but it'd be a oh whole lot would. bigger. You, you know would. what I
1: mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, but we're, going in, we're going into a, a, a different world. Yeah. And, and it can be. Uh, a peaceful world a more peaceful world but it's or less a more equitable uh world where people can have three square meals and education yeah. and healthcare. or we can stay tribal and bomb each other into the stone age yep. and just destroy ourselves yeah. i happen to have hope that we won't but i'm also saying even if we do it when I look back at my life I can say I was part of the solution. Yeah, exactly. I tried to work for peace. Yeah. I tried to love my neighbor. And that's good that's, enough.
0: That's uh, as any karate instructor will tell you that's all you can do is control your reaction to the situation. Yeah. That's it. Um that's it. and uh, before we let you go what, one final question because I I and really more um a, a chance for you to to give some advice to our audience, because um, I, as, as you know, as my audience knows, am, am a spiritually based person. But a lot of people have struggles with that, especially when it comes to processing, uh, just sheerly processing points of data. And data, and receiving it, receiving a news story, being able to read it, and then being able to read an opposing news story, and filter that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And staying centered while doing it. Um, I think
1: who was it? Was it Oliver? Who was it? Was it Oliver Wendell Holmes or F. Scott Fitzgerald? Anyway, that I'm 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 going to tear this quote up, but it's. um The mark of an educated mind is to be able to hold two opposing views Mm. at the same time. Um, What I would say, and this may answer your question or not, how I, one of the ways that helped me keep inner peace is that I lost, not completely, the need to be right. Right. And that has brought me great peace. And I've learned to let other people, people, and me too, I have a right to be wrong. Um I have a right to make the mistakes of my life. I don't need everybody, I stay in my lane. That doesn't mean, I, I mean, I do volunteer work and I feed the homeless and I do all that um it's almost like an individual um version of the prime directive let people work out their stuff i don't if they ask me my opinion i will give it but i'm my job is not to make you see my way yeah my job is to plant the seed but again when I lost the need to be right. And some people don't like that because some people really do want to argue with you and they'll get angry because you won't argue with them. Some people live but, with the fight. They live right, for the fight. Right. But, but once, but once I got back that, that I'm saying a, and you're saying B and I'll say, okay, I mean, if you got a good point or you can sway me, that's fine. But usually I'll just say, I'll listen. Really listen. And if it doesn't resonate with me, I just say, okay. And if they're insistent on being right, I'll just say, you know, you may have a point, but I do not need to be right. And I cannot tell Mm. you the peace it has brought me. Beautiful. So that's what I leave. That's what I'll leave with your listeners and that it's okay to to listen to two opposing views yeah. you may you you don't have to answer it right away you may need to think about it but you, you have to be able to to field opposing views and be okay with that yeah and not always have to be right and prove it to you or make you see my point
0: yep yeah yeah, and it, that's just it. It really is that live and let live mentality that you know, and I think we've we've lost some of that as a society. Um, and I really wish that we could ever return to that. You know, there's a reason why, despite people voting different ways on a ballot, they're no longer having Thanksgiving or Christmas together as a family, um, and that that that's something that we as a society and as a humanity really like we need some talk therapy about that, man. Like we need to be willing to own up to our shortcomings in that and be willing to move forward altogether, not just as a and, family, you know, but you as a humanity.
1: You if know. you can, sometimes you can sure. And that's just how it goes. Sure. And if you got a family member who, or, or a friend or colleague then you may have to make some decisions. Can I still, yeah. if my yeah. if, if our values are too different, then you have to ask yourself, can I be in relationship with this person? Mm-hmm. Even if it's once a year, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. Yes, those things are real. And they can be navigated and sometimes they can't. But I think... That once you can work on, do I, why, why am I fussing with this person? What, what need do I, do I have to be right here? Yeah. Or I can disagree to disagree. That keeps you from getting a stroke. That keeps you from getting nauseous. It keeps you, keeps your nervous system calm because you don't have to, not unless you live for it or this is your mission in life. And, but you don't have to attend every fight you're invited to. You simply don't. Yeah. And, and and I'm 64. If I get 30 years, I'll, I'll be very happy. I don't have the time. Yep. I don't have time. If, if the next 30 years go as fast as the 64 I've already lived, it's like a blink. It's yeah. like lightning going across the sky. So yeah. that works for me. It may not work for everybody. But I just gave up the need to be right, and I don't have to... And uh, attend every fight I'm invited to, and I sleep pretty well at night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Fantastic advice. Once again, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time. It was right. a pleasure and a blessing speaking to you this evening. Um, you are invited back anytime. Uh, Let me know,
1: brother. I'll, I'll I'll be right there.
0: I was gonna be su- gonna say, don't be surprised if I just tag you with an email every once in a while because I am moved uh, by something that I see in the news or something that uh, yeah. it's it's good to have that, that 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 person that you can go to to be able to talk yeah. about things like this it and t- really
1: really break it apart. You know, I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm I'm all for that, brother. Wherever well, I want to build a bridge. And that's what I'm about.
0: That's just it. Well, please do hold the line while we close things out. Uh, okay. make make sure to stop on by Amazon, everybody, and get the new book Initiation: The Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer, a guide for contact experiencers by our guest, Michael J. S. Carter. Uh also make sure to stop on by his website, uh Michael J.S. Carter dot com for sermons. Uh, all kinds of great stuff book announcements everything else uh, as well as his diversity education classes there Um, please do hold on everybody through this break while we bring up our next guest Joshua Shapiro from crystal skull explorers to talk about transmitting information from crystal skulls and what we can expect for humanity (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,
3: oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh
0: the program we will be talking to joshua shapiro author of uh, journeys of the crystal skull explorers and uh, also the gentleman from whom i got ama uh, which is my crystal skull it is an exact copy of their geronimo skull that they have and it sits here in the studio with me all the time right here in front of me while i work along with Jozar my uh my other crystal skull. So, um I'm a huge crystal user, crystal believer, um and what was funny is just before I had Joshua on last time, I had ordered my crystal skull uh to be carved and everything else and not from him, from somebody else and then we got to talking and after the show I was like I got to get one of your skulls like charged up from geronimo so welcome back to the show joshua how have you been doing
2: well i don't remember exactly when our last show was because i have had so many interviews oh yeah but um, i'm assuming it was a few months ago oh yeah it
0: was a while back
2: Right, so things are going good. We're selling a lot more of those Geronimos, by the way. Nice. Um, we, we have five sitting now getting ready to be sent out next week, so it's pretty interesting. Um but um the thing i'm excited about which i'm sure you're going to ask me about later in this interview is the latest ebook i'm working on and of course it'll be free like the other 5 that yep. we have that we offer which will be available of course to all your listeners again which we can discuss what the subjects are Absolutely. obviously crystal skulls is one of them uh, but I'm working on flat Earth, and my God, I cannot believe the different directions and, and insights that I'm getting involved with on that. It's a, it's mind blowing. So, the one thing I, I want to share with your your listeners, if you're going to cover my last ebook and what I'm working on now, we are going to be talking about things that uh, literally can blow your mind that literally, um, and I don't want you to feel any pressure that you have to believe what I'm going to be sharing either. Yeah. I mean, you can do your own research. You can get the book on, uh, Tartaria is the last book that, that I came up with. I have a lot of links in there. You can watch videos, decide for yourself. But the whole point of it is with these, the Tartaria worked on in the new one, which is flat earth. Um. It is totally changing my whole perspective about everything, about who we are, where we've come from, the history of our world, uh, how the world is organized, and kind of like where we're headed. And, you know, I didn't really expect to get involved in these things, but it came up this year. And it's probably because last year when the pandemic first started, I remember I was sitting by my computer and I was thinking... I want to know the truth about what's going on and somebody must have been listening because since that moment and this is before even I was on your show it's like all kinds of amazing pieces of information have been coming up and of course the universe has been opening up opportunities like uh, you're giving me today to to talk on, on different you know interview online interview shows and so on so I finally have places even though you know a lot of us are locked down. And we can't travel through the internet. I've been able to share a lot of information through the shows and the free eBooks. So for me, as a, as a writer and an author and a speaker, although I don't get to speak anymore publicly, but I'm hoping that will change soon. It's very rewarding because the information is still coming out, and then people are either sharing the eBook or they're sharing the link to these shows. So I'm really busy. You know, for most people, probably they're bored and they can't do much, but it doesn't seem to you know, stuff for me. I, I, I keep having new projects coming up and there's something uh, something else going on behind the scenes that if that happens, then there will be, I will be even more busy. So, but that's good because I'm an Aries and I, I don't like to be sitting around doing nothing. And if I get bored, I <laughs> have an online game I play too where, you know, I, I have a team I play with and, you know, so it's Ooh. just like A lot of things are going and it's good and I'm keeping busy and I'm very positive and I will have some positive messages to share with your listeners too, even though the world is the most crazy that I've ever seen in my entire life, 66 plus years. We are really um, having a lot of challenges right now, but it just depends upon how you look at it. Okay, yeah. if you are not what we call a sheeple and just accepting everything, you know, the media tells us and the government tells us, and even Major League Baseball, I'm really surprised that they did this. All these places that are telling us things—it's out and out lies, and it's—we're almost at the point now where if you want to know the truth, assume what the major media and the social media, what they're allowing to be seen and not canceled, that what they're sharing with you, those are the lies. Okay, Telegram is the best place i found. And every day I'm looking at my channels and that's where I'm hearing basically, you know, what's happening in the world and it's keeping me up to date. So, you know, as we proceed, whatever direction you take us, you know, I'll try to share the best information that I have. But also, I want to thank you, Christopher, for inviting me back.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm,
2: I'm also happy you're happy with your Geronimo skull. I hope that your Geronimo skull is not causing you any problems or big challenges, but enhancing no. you.
0: It is, it um, is, it is utterly, and I'm pretty sensitive to. Especially the energy of this room. Um, yeah. I put a lot of energy into this room, whether it's wiring equipment, you know, just mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the concept of the hearth, you know, right. where if, if you're going to be an artist or something like that, like you need your creative alcove. You need your yeah. place to invite the muse to come and to, and to co coexist with you you know um and right. and i i remember i got i got a i got my skull from you shortly before i got the other skull in the mail and for about a week or so the energy in here was i like i couldn't even keep up with with the ideas that i had Whenever I came into my studio and worked, like I typically have a little whiteboard next to me while I work and stuff like that. And whenever I have an idea, I just write it down, you know, and then I take a picture of it and write it down in Samsung notes or whatever. So I've always got them with me. But, uh, man, that board was busy that week. It was absolutely busy. And that's why, that's why I named this episode, you know, uh, information transmitted through crystal skulls because even even the book that you're working on now um is technically a transmission of that it's through the exploration of these skulls and the paths that they've taken you down that you've come across this new information and been inspired to write this new ebook even so even, even even this new ebook though it's not fully about the skulls themselves is a spawn of the information coming from the skulls
2: well i would say yes I, for me the skulls it, they do the same thing you just described in your room
3: mm. if
2: like for example my main skull is portal de luz which was made by a brazilian carver that's on um Well, if they see the screen, it'd be no, that's the British Museum skull. It would be on one of our books. Um, Portal's not in that one either. If you go to, he's not in there either. (laughs) You got some of our other skulls. There we go. He's the one facing you on the right. Gotcha. Across from the Amethyst. That's Portal. So when he's been around, he, he creates an energy in the room, just like you described, that's helped me. But I, you know, I found that. I think I've integrated pretty much their frequencies after all these years. So it's like, you know, I don't really need to have them around me for that energy. Hmm. I probably have a lot of spirit guides around me when they say, oh yeah, Joshua's working on that new free ebook. Let's help to to bring some clarity so he'll see because this new one I have, I have pieces of it in like a hundred different directions. Wow. And even though you know I'm still working on collecting everything, I'm not uh, really so excited about, then I gotta go through all all these notes and everything and figure out how to put it together so when the person reads it, it's gonna flow and make sense. Like I've been given, this is what happens to me when I write. I'm always given the order, like the chapters, the table of contents. So that's very clear in my mind how gotcha. to do it. Yeah. But then I gotta go through all these little tiny pieces and files to find where different people I interview oh now they're talking about that 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 has to go in this section so that's what's going to take me a little bit of time but
0: yeah yeah
3: you
2: know it's it's fun and the, the most fun thing for me is after i write something is to get feedback from people mm. did you understand what i'm talking about did it make mm. sense you know so whether it's on crystal skulls or these other world mysteries or crazy things i'm doing you know i just go with my flow and being a typical Aries, I got to have something new that gets me excited. So,
0: well, and uh, you know, it's interesting because our guest just before you uh, uh-huh. was was uh, Michael J.S. Carter, who's uh, you know been on numerous shows talking about past civilizations, things like that. Um, okay. Even the idea of. Uh, bringing ancient knowledge back around like you were saying what what's getting ready to happen is not something that hadn't happened before yeah. Um. and we need to be we need to be aware of that we need to be ready for that and we need yeah. to be open-minded enough for that to be the case you know.
2: Right. And and that's part of the prophecies too, that the ancient wisdom and knowledge would return. When it returns it helps us to create a harmonious and peaceful mm. planet, which I absolutely know is definitely in the works and happening. That's yes. why we're going through all of this both the light and the dark, the truth and the lies, it's all coming out. Uh, If a person has eyes to see, they will. I mean, some of the things going on, especially around, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, the COVID or the pandemic, Sure. um, it doesn't make any sense. It keeps changing. Um, and it seems like, you know, somebody just wants to keep extending that till forever. And that the whole thing is about the vaccines right now, everything that happened is up to this point. So, um, you know, uh, the only thing I can tell people is on telegram, I hear from a lot of people who have taken that and I'm just begging you. If you don't have to do it, if you can avoid it at all costs, don't take it, just wait see what happens but if you have to i'm praying that these med beds they're talking about which are supposed to be coming Mm. out which is possibly why trump said you won't need a hospital anymore that's what a lot of people feel he was alluding to that that will be able to help or or when this beautiful golden peaceful age comes we'll have direct contact i call them the galactics i just interviewed gene decode and he liked that way of talking about extraterrestrials so mm. he asked me if he could use it it's not my word but this is how I, when i think about them i just feel like they're galactics you know yeah so um you know they'll have some uh, remedies probably natural remedies or via energy everything is vibration and energy yeah so so that can be reversed. So well, and- um, this is what I'm praying for is that all this stuff comes out and the truth comes out yeah. and we start living together as the one family of humanity. And then we can deal with our cousins, the galactics, and they're going to bring to us all kinds of amazing things. And the yeah. world as we know it is going to be paradise, which we actually had, if you ask me about this, only 200 years ago. And it is not talked about in our history whatsoever. Well,
0: and, you know, let, let's let start getting into that. Let's start getting into n- not only that, but some of the new knowledge that you're talking about um, coming up in your, I don't want you to give away all of the meat. And potatoes are your new ebook, but uh you know a, a couple of treats from the new ebook um, to to kind of give people an idea of the the path of knowledge gathering that you have been down over the last little bit.
2: okay, so this is on the subject of fled earth, okay okay so before I say what I'm going to say. I realized, and I had the same challenge too when I first started the serious look at it, that I thought, you know, because I like all the science fiction uh, uh, TV shows we have, you know, where we're flying in outer space and spacecraft, and there's all these planets and solar systems and everything. And that was, sounded like such a great, great model. But um, the whole thing is, is that if you really look at, so this would be one tip. So you can, you can check this out yourself, although in the free ebook, I'm gonna have direct links to some of the videos I'm gonna recommend where you see what I'm talking about. You'll be able to see and decide for yourself. They have pictures of planet Earth through NASA. Okay, NASA I think was formed in 1959. Okay, and there are graphic experts who are looking at like their pictures, like the, what do they call it? The blue ball or, you know, they have a name for name for it. And they're talking about that they use Photoshop for cloud patterns on there and there's fake stuff. And we never see like from a camera in space taking a picture of the earth. It's all these like CGI sure. graphic images that were being given about the earth. Now, here's one thing that a person could actually do to see if we are on a flat earth. Now, flat earth is defined as we live on a circular flat disc, okay? The north pole is the center of our of our world. It's not at the north part, it's at the center. And the outer circle is uh, a wall of ice, a tall wall of ice. So, here's one of the things I came across that was very interesting, related to the ice in Antarctica. So, in other words, Antarctica is not at the southernmost part of of our globe, because we're not on a globe, we're on a flat circular disk. Antarctica is at the edge of the known Earth. The total circumference is all Antarctica. Now, it's very interesting related to Antarctica that when they created this treaty in 1959, they made it so no one could claim Antarctica, no countries could claim it. And there are videos that show if you try to take a boat and sail there since 1959, or if you try to fly over there, there are uh, kind of like military or Navy units that will intercept you before you get there and they will turn you away if they don't arrest you because they do not want you to see what's going on in Antarctica. So one of the videos that I saw, which I will reference in the free ebook. I I put this link on my Facebook page. So that's another key for your listeners. If you go to my Facebook page, I'm starting to put, you know, like very interesting things that I'm finding. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of what I'm going to talk to you about. So if you say, well, this blue ice found in Antarctica, that doesn't work like other ice. Okay. So there's a video on my Facebook page uh, and they can't. The thing about it is, is with the blue ice, what they were talking about is very light. But, you know, like if you try to damage it or whatever, it's a very strong substance. And if you take it out of the cold temperatures in Antarctica, it will evaporate. It will not melt like normal ice. It will just evaporate. So if they're going to do any research or test on this blue ice and they're finding it within the normal ice that we're accustomed to. okay, Mm. it's inside of there. So this was one thing that came up in my research that was interesting. Um, okay, another thing connected to Antarctica, which I think is very interesting, is um, I was speaking to Corey Kell. He is kind of a advisor co-author for this ebook. he's the the flat earth researcher that I've had many conversations with and I've interviewed him and I will make available both the, the video interview and uh, the transcription which he's looking at right now to make sure I understood everything he said because I had mm-hmm. to kind of interpret it um, so Corey was talking about um, I don't know if this was actually published in a book it's called the Iron Republic now the Iron Republic is, um, yes, that one just went today. That was really cool. And and that picture you're showing a star force that is connected to Tartaria. Coming back to what I'm talking about. The Iron Republic initially was like a, a, a diary written by this man who owned this boat who found an opening in Antarctica. And he went past Antarctica And after sailing in unknown territory that's not charted anywhere, in other words, lands and seas and everything, they came to a land and the people there said, we're called the Iron Republic. Now, of course, none of us have ever heard of such a thing. And these people seem to be a very peaceful people, fairly advanced. Their culture was quite different, although they look like us. And they were very familiar with our world. But we had not heard of their world and there were a few other explorers who I guess also found this opening in Antarctica and they went there and this place was not cold. You know, it was a kind of a normal climate like we have here in the United States. And uh, it was very strange. So I found the Iron Republic and again, I will put a link link to this. I downloaded the PDF of it from the Florida magazine, which published this serial in 1902. Uh, it was very amazing. Now I see Admiral Bird's name on the page that you're showing. Yep. And that's him. And Admiral Byrd also said no, he he talked about the hollow earth. I'm not sure how the hollow earth directly connects with the flat earth, because there are different scenarios of our planet. But he made a comment that he traveled thousands of miles beyond the poles. So again, if he did that, there's a possibility that he actually went beyond the ice wall and he found other land and other people, okay, that we don't know about. So in the free ebook, I'm going to offer some alternative maps. Number one, the flat earth map, the Gleason map that came out in 1892 is a really good one. And by the way, if you look at the United Nations uh, logo. You will see Gleason's map on there, except for Antarctica is not shown, although it could be the laurel wreath that they have around the circular disk of the Earth. Mm. Um, uh, So let me think if there's one other thing I want to talk about that, that I found interesting. Okay, so here's how you can verify that the Earth is flat and not round. Very simple experiment. You need to have a camera that has a pretty good zoom. So okay. this is what I, w- what I will tell you. So by Pythagoras' Theorem, if the Earth is round and the circumference is around 25,000 miles, the curvature of the Earth will be defi- defined by the following equation. Eight inches times the number of miles you travel away squared. Okay, this is the formula. Now, it may not be exactly this, but it's very close to this. So this is about the curvature of the Earth, because if the Earth is round, and you were to go to an ocean, okay, and you were to look at the horizon the curvature of the earth should stop you from seeing very far into the distance, okay? So for example, following this formula, if there was a boat that was one mile away from you, the curvature of the earth would be eight inches. So you could probably see that. But if that boat was 30 miles away, okay, it would be impossible to see it based on the curvature of the earth because the curvature would be eight times 30 squared, which is 900. So that's 7,200 inches, which I have no idea how many feet that is, but that's a lot of feet. But what's not happening is if you take this powerful camera and you zoom in on a boat that's 30 miles away, you will be able to see it because the earth is flat. That's a simple, simple test that anyone can do, okay? And there's so many examples of this uh, scenario. Now, it doesn't stop there. What about a, a balloon from an amateur? Okay, so let's say they'll say, well, you know, you have to be really fi- far up on the earth to see the curvature. So there's been amateur balloons that have been able to go 120,000 feet up into the sky, which is about um, what did I figure out about 24, 24 miles up into the sky is 120,000 feet. Airplanes go 35 to 40,000. So that's about seven or eight miles into the sky. But what happens is when they put a camera on there and they start looking at the horizon in 360 degrees, the earth is flat. There is no curvature. If the balloon is that high up, it should see the curvature. Now. Um, so these are just some things that come up and, of course, there are going to be people on the other side that say, no, that's not the way that it works. And they'll show you all these formulas, uh, to explain why the earth has to be curved and everything. And none of us will understand what these formulas are saying. Okay. Um, so, uh, the two different scenarios of how it works is either a heliocentric, um, uh model or a geocentric model the heliocentric model we are will taught in school talks about you know there's this gaseous sun 93 million miles away it's like 500 times the size of the earth or more yep. i'm not i don't remember and we're orbiting uh, that sun and our earth is also rotating at a thousand miles an hour now let's talk about that uh If the earth was rotating 1000 miles an hour, okay, then how come none of us feel any motion? Okay. So this is another thing they bring. Nobody feels any motion from this. You know, we feel stable. Like, you know, you and I are sitting in our room, the world's not vibrating and moving like crazy, but here's the thing to think about if it was rotating. So let's say you have a plane that's flying in the sky and it's going 600 miles an hour, which is usually the passenger, right? But the Earth is rotating at a thousand miles an hour, okay? So why doesn't the plane have to wait for the Earth to rotate in one direction? In one direction, you'll be going with the Earth so you'll be able to arrive at your place, which I think is heading towards the east. I think the Earth goes from east to west. But I'm not sure, but it goes, in, it rotates in one direction. I believe it's from east to west. So if your plane is moving towards the east, then it's going to go with the movement of the Earth, and you'll get there. But if you're going in the other direction against the rotation, you literally would have to wait for the Earth to rotate, which could be like 17 hours, 18 hours, 20 hours, until it rotates because you won't be going fast enough to intercept the speed that the earth is moving at. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it made a lot of sense to me. Another thing is if the earth is rotating, and I'm probably gonna do a really bad job on the pronunciation of this word, uh, uh, coleus effect, I think it's called. The coleus effect is that if the world is rotating, you have to compensate for that rotational movement, okay? And if you talk to an airplane pilot and say, you know, we have this effect, when you're flying your plane, do you have to do something different in order to compensate? No, we don't do anything. And that's, that's not including asking the pilots, when you look, when you're in the plane and you're flying above the Earth, do you see the curvature of the Earth or is it flat? And some pilots will tell you it's flat. As a matter of fact, I saw on a video, and I don't know if I'll have that document to show in the ebook, where for the airline pilots, it actually says in their manual, the earth is a flat surface non-rotating, so that the pilots know they do not have to do anything extra when they're flying their plane. Now, some people might also say, well, you know, I go on a plane and I look out the glass window and it looks like, you know, the surface is curved. Well, what... Again, has been told, and again, all these things I'm I'm talking about. Um, yeah, there it is. So I think I pronounced it correctly. Thank yes, you Corey for helps. bringing it up, Chris. You're welcome. Um, so you know, these are just logical things to look at, to think about. You know, and it doesn't even go into the more advanced aspects of the Earth. Like, and I'm not going to explain this. I'm just going to say it, but it will be fully explained in the ebook. There is a good possibility that the Sun is not 93 million miles away, that it is a light in the sky and not a gaseous ball that may be less than 80 miles above the Earth, and the Moon is the same. They're both small objects. Um, according to Mark, Sar- Mark Sargent, who I'm, um, transcribing his interviews, he said, uh, the consensus based on the flat earth researchers is they're only 50 miles in diameter. They're really tiny, but they are a source of the light and it's a very sophisticated system that explains this. And the last, last thing I would talk about is, uh, the dome. Okay. They're saying that there is a dome that covers the earth. That's kind of what you're showing. They call it, some people say the dome is called the firmament. Some people say the sky is the firmament. Um, but this is kind of um, a quick overview of what we're talking about with flat earth. And that I think I, I remember, I I have to research this. You're the first person I'm, I'm sharing what I'm hearing about. So I'm not an expert on any of this, but I think they said project uh, fishbowl which was in the 60s they were firing nuclear weapons up at the dome and they could not penetrate it it is impenetrable which means that no one can leave this planet
0: that would explain the massive number of aerial nuclear tests that were done Yes, uh, they which they, they stopped when they found out like strontium 90 was just raining across the earth and getting into children's milk and stuff like
1: that.
2: Um. Right. So, <laughs> so they learned that they, they can't. And I'm trying to remember, there's this one guy Interesting. I'm talking to on Facebook, um, Georgie, who said the dome is an electromagnetic plasma vortex. That's what he called it. Now plasma seems to be connected to a lot of aspects of our Earth, and and we sure. hear plasma in, in many science fiction shows. Like every time I watch Star Trek, whichever version I watch, they're saying, "Well, the plasma manual ma- manifold uh, blew up and it's not working," or "We're venting plasma." But I didn't never really thought about well, what is this plasma? So the only way I can describe it is um, I'm told plasma. Is the um, this the how do I say it? The state of uh, it's above the fourth state of matter, fourth state of matter. That's right, Christopher. That's the way it's the fourth state of matter. It's above gases when it cools down, it will become a gas, just like when gas cools down, it becomes a liquid, and so on. And and right, I see you're showing all these different layers of the atmosphere
0: as Um, well as their temperatures there um which if you notice right there in the thermosphere is where aurora show up which is plasma
2: right Right. so So yeah the the earth is electromagnetic in nature and it's very balanced. Yep. And what's been happening is like with 5G and all our technologies, they're trying to unbalance it. And because it's balanced like insects and animals, their lives get thrown out of, out of sync because the electromagnetic field of our planet gets thrown. So they talk about this dome, which the Bible may refer to as the firmament, but here's the other clue It says in the firmament there are the waters above and the waters below. So apparently, below the dome, and possibly below the stars in the sky, which could be held within the dome, some of those stars, especially the pole star, um, which never moves by the way. It is directly over where the North Pole is in the Flat Earth, which is at the center of everything, okay? so. So essentially the flat earth model is saying that we live on a flat circular disc. It is not moving. The sun and the moon are little tiny lights in the sky that are above us, which are probably plasma. There was a, I saw a video by a person named R. Foster done in 1965. I think he was a professor, but he was also a scientist. And he told uh, ABC Australia, The moon is plasma and we will never land on it. So if that's correct, that means everything NASA has shown us about landing on the moon and the whole thing, they staged the whole thing. They staged the whole thing. And the other thing that doesn't make any sense, if you look at video from the moon, is you can't see stars in the sky. You see the earth in the sky, but you don't really see stars when they're on the moon. And who filmed? Uh, when they landed on the moon the first time, you know, the lander lifted off from the moon, who was left there to, to videotape that and, and do that? We didn't have technology that could automatically look at, you know, this lander leaving the moon's surface. So the only thing that I'm trying to present, excuse me, by this is, is there could be a totally different perspective about how our planet works in our Earth. Yeah. And that... In the next free ebook, I am going to present beyond what I'm talking about. I'm going to go through like things to do with the sun, with the moon, gravity also is doesn't work the way that we've been taught. All these things. I'll talk about what we are taught, and then I'll compare it to the flat Earth model, and everybody just decides for themselves if it makes sense or not. But the whole key to this is is that if you know, they're teaching us lies in school. They're telling us lies in, um, from the government. They're telling us lies in the media. They're creating um, shows and movies to uh, convince us that these lies are true. Um, what else are they not telling us the truth about? And there's a lot of people who say that the major challenge that's going to happen for most people Uh, Is that when they learn the truth, the true history of our planet, the true nature of our planet, that in truth we are divine children of God, our souls is is a, a piece of creator. Uh, when all this comes out, the spiritual information, the cosmic information, uh, the information related to other advanced races, these galactics, as I like to call them, when all of these things start coming out, a lot of people are going to have great difficulty with it. And um, so that's why I think people like you and I, Christopher, and many others who ha- are on their own spiritual path or feel like they're lightworkers, that's why we're here now, is to help ease people into these other possibilities, which could literally be the truth. So before I started the book, I wasn't sure what to do about Flat Earth. I mean, I've heard about Flat Earth for a long time. And um, Mark Sargent, who was one of the first to come out and do like podcasts about Flat yeah. Earth, he said in the beginning, um, and this is another thing that I think is a clue to it. In the beginning when they came out, they got support. They were not canceled. Um, they were promoted, uh, from like 2015, 2017, you know, there wasn't a problem, but if you go on like YouTube or you go on Google, which are two main, you know, like search engines to find information or videos. The only thing that comes up is denials why the flat earth is impossible. Is explanations how you know none of this is true and and they're laughing at it or they're highly critical of the individual individuals who have come out. I know uh, Eric Dubay who is considered one of the one of the experts that I had a brief contact with. You know YouTube has shut down. He claims YouTube has shut down everything. Uh, that he put up, he had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people following his information. So, you know, we're in cancel culture right now. And all I know is whatever it is, they canceled it. They cancel it because usually it has the truth, whether it's about, you know, uh, COVID or history or this flat earth. I mean, there's, when I listen to the flat earth and then they say, well, look at what the heliocentrics are saying, let's take gravity. This will be my last example sure. and I think we should move on to something else because I right. think people get the idea. So with gravity, according to what I was taught in school, the reason why I don't float away is because we're on an earth. That's a huge mass and gravity is pulling me towards the center of the earth. So I don't fly away. Although helium, for some reason, has some property that it can float into the air, right? But here's the inconsistency, and this is what Eric Dubay pointed out. But they also say gravity is what holds the planets in their orbit, right? But sure. this is a different kind of gravity. This doesn't work the same. Because if gravity worked the same as it did on the earth, the earth should go and and go into the sun and be destroyed. Because the sun is much larger and huger than the earth. It would have a greater mass than the earth. And that's not happening. Or the Earth should circle the sun and then lose its orbit and fly away. Or if that's the right way for gravity, then how come we're not floating above the Earth? So there's two different definitions of gravity which don't make sense. And his explanation is density. That the reason that we uh, stay on the Earth is because we're more dense than the air around us. So that's what keeps us on the Earth. That's why a... Balloon interest will go into the sky because its density is lighter than the air as a matter of fact He shows on a video where they put a balloon with a certain amount of helium and a certain amount of air And it literally floated without movement above the floor of the room. It was in and the other other thing too that would explain anti-gravity would be the electromagnetic uh, fields Like I saw another experiment in a video with a piece of paper where he had two metal disks, and he switched the polarity, and the paper went from being attracted to the lower metal plate to the top metal plate, and all he did is switch the polarity. So electromagnetism also has something to do with what holds us on the Earth so this is uh another aspect of it that's that's kind of interesting so they all point uh-huh. to and i forget this guy's name you know it's this famous scientist he had a show where you know he's talking about science and i can't remember his name maybe some some of your listeners will know and he holds his microphone and then he just lets it drop there that's the proof of gravity well according to what i just told you the microphone dropped because it's more dense than the air and so it just fell to the ground. Um, yeah, it, it, his okay. name's at the top. Everybody hears about him, and mm. and so on. So, the thing the thing is with flat Earth is hopefully through the ebook, I I will try to write it in a in a simple uh, manner as possible that everyone can understand it. Or or I'm thinking too. Well, I, I, there's one other thing I'm going to say. There's Corey Kell was. Um, what did he call it? Applied geometry. Applied geometry they okay. used that he said in the military. So besides the fact he said that when they fire their weapons or their cannons, again, they don't have to differ do anything special because the earth is rotating. I just you know, I think they call lines of parallel or something, that's their technical term. They focus on the object that they want to fire at and they have a system with applied geometry uh, to make it work. So he said, this is the key. I have, uh, he developed um, and he said it costs like only $150 to put this equipment together and equipment that could measure the angle of the sun in the sky. Okay. Mm So this is the simplicity of his test. If we are on a round globe, the maximum angle that the sun could be in the sky, okay, based on being on a circular uh, planet, would be 45 degrees in the sky. That would be the maximum. However, during the summer, he has measured angles of the sun greater than 45. I think he said up to 57 degrees. He said that right there absolutely proves that uh, we are not on a round planet and also it somehow proves that the sun is not that far away it's not ninety three million miles away in the ebook there is um another man that I transcribed his whole video is very interesting. he explains one scenario exactly what the sun is and it will blow people away when you hear hear that. So it's even more than just plasma, just the way that it may be uh, manifest and how it's moving in the sky and the whole thing. So Corey Kyle says the sun, if you understand the sun and you understand its movements for the seasons and how we see its sunrise and sunset, um, that's the whole key. Uh, to understanding the Flat Earth. That will that will demonstrate the Flat Earth is, is totally correct. So there are some, some little tidbits. I don't know if they made sense or not. I'm not here to convince anyone that this is the way it is, but I'm gonna tell you, if you uh, contact me through email, Explorers at gmail.com, and you say, Joshua, put me on your list for your new free ebook, when it's done, I will send it out to you and you will be blown away because there's so much more beyond what I've talked about. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Okay. And, um, there's one man, this, this guy I met on Facebook who has like these reports he's written, those reports are almost unbelievable what he talks about. And they come from ancient records that he has uncovered and translated ancient records. From civilizations in the past, and what he's come out with is amazing. And one other, one other thing, and I, I, I have again, I have this on my Facebook page. You can take a look at. It, and a lot of people yelled at me and said this isn't correct. Um, you would, you need to scroll down more. It's uh, a little ways down. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going there's the map from the un and the Mm -hmm. flat earth keep keep going should be coming up pretty soon too many things on skulls here i must be into skulls
0: you're into crystal skulls for some reason joshua
2: oh that's the north pole map there it is there it is okay perfect so just hold right there so this is devil's tower right So there are some people in Wyoming who claim underneath Devil's Tower, they've actually found some kind of root system. And so again, based on the uh, videos that I've been studying, Devil's Tower was a huge tree when our planet was not carbon-based, it was silicon-based. And the top part of it was cut out. So this is another thing. It's not directly connected to flat earth, but it is connected to how the earth was a long, long time ago. And this would be a time when giants existed. So, so many different things uh, that are coming out, incredible things. So, you know, you can just put it in your back pocket and say, hey, that's an interesting story. Or, you know, yeah, maybe there's some truth to this. Now, one one last thing I'll mention in the free ebook, I said, you know, I I believe the Galactics will know exactly what's going on on the Earth. So I have a friend who uh, channeled for me his uh, buddy Heltar, who is a Pleiadian. And that was an amazing conversation. So I won't say anything more than that. But the Pleiadians knew absolutely about what I'm talking about here. So if you want to see what they had had to say about it that'll be in the free ebook as well i've tried to think to put in there everything i can possibly think of so it's um just something uh you know take a look at see if it makes sense Hmm. or the best a good video i'll give you a key good video to watch if if i've you know got your curiosity there's this person called iwar Iwar Anan. i think he just showed up this year And I watched this video on Tartaria, but it's called The Lost History of Flat Earth. So if you look up Iwar Anand and The Lost History of Flat Earth, you'll hear about Tartaria. You'll hear they, they knew the Earth was flat. That's how they created their free energy system and um, he has some parts of flat earth but then he did another one which i can't recall the name of i think it's what happened to earth or something like that but if you look up his name e-r-e-w-a-r-a-n-o-n even though uh if you look up flat earth or tartaria his videos won't come up in the top but if you look up his name you'll see his videos those two videos only 13 hours of watching so you really want to put aside a a weekend where you're totally bored it'll it'll you'll be astounded you know what he's talking about has a big following there's a channel where we discuss things uh, connected to what he's talking about and so quite a bit of the information i'm sharing comes from him but i'll have links in the ebook you know like to the he has video of the ice wall so i have a link there so you can see what that looks like and you know another link about um The blue ball that NASA shows us that it's, uh, you know, photo, uh, photoshopped and all these things. So um, very interesting. So, Christopher, I turn it back to you. I've been talking for a long time. here. That's all right. Hopefully, hopefully what I was talking about made some sense.
0: Absolutely. Um, And, uh, you know, it's interesting because um, earlier you made mention of you don't know why this information has found its way to you. Um and uh, you know uh, much like our guest just before you was talking about manifestation i think is a big part of that and especially your relationship with the crystal skulls the medium of which they're made um and and just that kind of esoteric knowledge to begin with um and being open to that i think you've kind of manifested that path before yourself Right.
2: Well, Um, it was interesting because as an author, the way I learn is I ask a lot of questions. And even with um, one of the people I talked to who's very well respected, I was asking questions and surprised I wasn't getting answers. mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but it's because, like you say, of my background being involved with the spiritual and the paranormal and the whole thing. And there was one person I asked too many questions of that got upset with me, saying, He's a newbie. You know, he needs to study more and the whole thing. And she didn't understand that, you know, once I get involved in something, and I've only been really looking at this seriously for, you know, maybe a little over two months. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna absorb it. I'm gonna keep asking until I I understand the concept. Like you know, I kept asking everyone how high above the flat Earth is the sun, and mm. I still don't have a good answer. Okay, yeah. I have people saying anywhere from eighty miles to three thousand miles. So I think I think it's lower than that. So in this interview, we don't know everything. Okay, yeah. but there is a lot of evidence to support this model. And uh, also there was a lady, one of the researchers interviewed, who was 102 years old when she interviewed. And he asked her, when you went to school, which must have been in the late 1920s or 30s, what did they teach you about the earth? Oh, it was flat. But then it changed and it became round. Okay. So she learned when she went to school, like, you know, 90 years ago or what, or whatever, that the earth was flat. Interesting. So, you know, there there has to be something to this. Okay, when I listen to the people who talk about it, they're not crazy. They also yeah. were like me. In the beginning, they didn't accept it. They said, "I've got to test like Corey Call. I got to test it. I got to look at the sun. He used yeah. applied geometry, and his measurements show that that we're not on a round planet, and the sun cannot be ninety-three million miles away. Okay, that's what his research told. Okay. now um, it can be presented to other people and they could say, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Throw it away. So that's why I say everybody has to decide for themselves with it. Well, it's just it's it's just very fascinating.
0: Well, and that's just it. It's it's the fact that you have to be willing to accept new points of datum, accept them as just a point of datum and then filter the information and see what it comes up against with with what you believe and hold to be true and right. you know I think that we've we've gotten lost in a lot of the quote religion of science and right. you know um, one of the big things that I bring up regularly on this show is don't forget at one point folks it was a conspiracy theory so right. much so that you would be excommunicated from the church you would be right. you would be driven out of town you could even be burned at the stake if you said right. that a the sun, the earth revolved around the sun or that the earth was round and that's less right. than 500 years ago, our civilization as mankind has been around for right. 10,000 years. So only in right. the last 500 years has that become the common standard of uh, of science. And the, the thing is, science is not supposed to be static. Either, if it no. was static, then my son's astronomy chart in his room would have Pluto on it. But it doesn't. Not like mine. Not like my astronomy book that I still have from high school that has Pluto right. listed as a planet. That science changed.
2: Oh, wait, I got another bombshell that I think so, is going to drive people crazy. It, it,
0: you know, I'm I'm not saying that i am I am of the Flat Earth Camp, but I am of the camp right. that is willing to explore the theorem be explore right. the explore the hypothesis because according right. to science, you're allowed to hypothesize anything in the world and then through right. testing you prove a theorem
2: right Here's another bomb that I saw with Go e. ahead. And, uh, uh the lost history of Flat Earth. So there's these cameras that exist, P900 um, Nikons, they have a very good zoom. So what people are doing is, you know, we have mapped in the sky, which lights represent the planets in our solar system, right? So like Venus, Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. So they start zooming in on these lights in the sky. And what do you think they see? They don't see planets they see flickering lights like stars that are dancing. there yeah, there you go. This camera is, must be really good. That are dancing in the sky, almost like they're behind some kind of fluid or water. Again, Mark Sargent said this in his interview. Uh, so he was acknowledging that people are seeing these dancing lights, but they're also, if you slow them down, it's almost like they're broadcasting sacred geometry, which is known as cymatics which I didn't know anything about. So that's another thing that came up in my study of this is where like, if you take a bowl of water and you put a speaker underneath and different frequencies of Mm -hmm. sound, different Hertz of sound, all kinds of amazing geometric patterns come out. Well, when you slow down the light of these so-called planets, which really are wandering stars, that's what they're calling them in the Flat Earth community. they're showing these geometric patterns. They're not showing you, um, you know, a physical planet. So Mark Sargent wasn't sure if they're sentient or not. Are they sentient? He didn't know. But, um, so anyway, if you really get into it and you don't make any judgment at all, and you don't try to talk yourself out of it, you just look at all the evidence, and everything I'm talking about, I'm going to be discussing in the, in the free ebook with links to some of these key things. So you can watch the video, make up your own mind. Um, you know, there, there's something going on around, uh, our earth and, and the flat earth model may not even be complete. Because, like I said, if there's land beyond Antarctica, there could be other domes on top of our dome. There could be other continents. It could be the galactics aren't coming from outer space, which, by the way, outer space doesn't exist. So this was the other thing I was thinking to say. I just saw an article where a satellite crashed, and guess what was connected to it? A helium balloon. If we do not have outer space beyond the atmosphere, whatever they call that that level of atmosphere. That means mm-hmm. that the only way you could have a satellite go or go over the Earth is if you have a helium balloon, okay? Because it's not gonna stay up there. There is no vacuum up there for it to sit. So that's just uh, another thing for consideration. So I mean, there's just there's just too many little tiny nitpicking ideas that come out when you really are open to take a look that you have to uh, think about it. And uh, also, of course, you know, the dome keeps all the atmosphere around the Earth so that we're secure, but, I call I would call it the petri dish syndrome. You know, if you create a petri dish and you put things inside and you let it grow and so on, it could be very well that that's how our Earth is. It's a self-contained system, like the Truman Show almost. Like sure, the, sure. That movie like was a d-
0: like a biosphere that you'd go out and buy on Amazon or at, at you know right. Sharper Image that's got right. like little Which, little swimming swimming uh, you know shrimps and stuff and on your desk.
2: <laughs> right. So so if this is the way it is for our world, it could be mm-hmm. that other worlds yeah. that exist are the same. And we could be stacked, you know, bio-worlds, one on top of the other and, you yeah. know, not even be aware of it. Because that's what Corey Kahl kept saying. He kept pointing to the side. Instead of pointing up where these other beings are coming from, he kept pointing on sideways, to the left, to the right of us. Could be other worlds worlds similar to this yeah uh, and then the, the other thing is if there is no outer space what's out there i'm thinking star trek voyager had this rate a race i think they were called eight four seven two by the bork i don't know if people remember them they came from fluidity flu, fluid in mm-hmm. space which mm-hmm. means it wasn't a vacuum it was kind of a liquid and this is kind of what i'm leaning toward maybe outside of our dome is kind of a liquid type of of space. Or or Cory Call even said, maybe we're, our dome is underwater. We might be underwater somewhere. So um, the whole key to all of this, whether a person agrees or not, is that what's going to be coming out here, the truth, it's just going to blow a lot of people away. It's just going to blow a lot of people away. So if there is no outer space, yep, there's the the <laughs> beings in Star Trek I'm talking about. I actually just watched one of the episodes of uh, Star Trek Voyager where, um, you know, there was one of these – no, there were two episodes, actually. One where they duplicated Star Trek Academy and the Earth. hmm and Voyager ran into them, and they had to make peace with them. And another another episode where one of them was left behind in our universe, and they uh, tried to send them back, but uh, they couldn't do it. So, so you know, a lot of things we see in science fiction probably are clues to the actual truth of what what's really happening. Well,
0: and you know, it's it, the the fact of science fiction being a reality now um, is. I mean, it's beyond question. We're we're talking about the fact that it's been confirmed that CERN has created matter from light. That's two steps away from saying replicator, give me an espresso, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're already talking about the fact that we can we can have uh, you know photon sales, things like that on on interstellar craft that kind of stuff all we got to do is get the parts launched to assemble it in space you know um that kind of stuff so with all of your research that you've done in this before i let you go joshua with everything that um that you've talked about this evening everything that you've been led to and everything that has been revealed to you over the years through the crystal skulls. What why oh, yeah. do you think um that the information is disseminated in this way? Why do you think that 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 there is that cabal of knowledge, so to speak, those um, those ancient traditions and ancient teachings that when you look at them are more than likely held pretty true, you know? Um, but yet still, for some reason, they're pushed down, they're pushed away. Uh, and the evidence, cause even, you know, uh, the reason I brought up the whole Admiral bird thing is because like, Hey, uh, you can't fly over that area right, where Admiral bird went in. You, you can't.
2: Right. So either he went into a hole in the in the earth a thousand some mile, or he went beyond Antarctica a thousand yeah. miles. We don't know. Yeah. But if, it's interesting after he made that announcement publicly, he yep. passed away within a year after that. Yeah. And he and he was told that he was not allowed to really talk about yep. what he saw. Yeah. So,
0: and, and and you know, at the at the same token, you know, you gotta wonder, um from the military point of view, is it the fact that is there something there is it the fact that uh you defend the fact that you put a straight up lulu in in charge of something and made him an admiral uh, <laughs> you know either one of the two things happened you know like what was right. the whole reason behind his arctic ex- expedition not one but two of them um his flight right. everything so the debriefing with the president um all of that so it's it, It's interesting. And it's one of those that, yeah, unfortunately, these are not the things that we are taught in our standard history class. These are, these are not the things. And, uh, you know, here recently, my wife is busy researching a book right now that she's writing. Excuse me. And the, uh, the Salem witch trials play into this book and three now granted she grew up in boston she's been to salem numerous times with me it's one of my favorite cities in the country um right. but she was like wow there's so much of this history that i was just unaware of like she's just been digging right. into it and digging into it and through it she found this website which is basically like a curriculum building website for teachers where it's like, so here's a topic in history, here's how to cover it for like, you know, kindergarten through third grade, fourth grade through sixth, you know, like the different developmental levels were literally like, this is what part of it they can grasp, you know, so yeah. you can glaze over it, but you can't really dig deep yet. That'll come in three years when their brain can really grasp. The consequences of what those actions were and how it bridged the gap between these two individual events, you know.
2: Right. Um, So to to answer your question, I'll try to do it briefly. Go ahead. I believe that there was a great civilization that existed before ours known as Tartaria. I've seen him. A map from 1771, the Encyclopedia Britannica that shows Mm -hmm. Tartaria existed, like the main part of it was in the area of Russia, but it had, I don't know if you want to call it colonies or extensions everywhere, including in Canada and the United States. There was an article written in eighteen fifty eight that talked about runes in the United States. I don't recall ever hearing about ruins in the United States. Now the reason I bring up Tartaria is is that it is not shown in any history. We have buildings left over from Tartaria which are extremely advanced, like the Taj Mahal or the, the Ark of Triumph in Paris these are very advanced structures that no one had technology when they say they were created in the 1500s to the 1800s impossible they have geometries inside of these buildings so this is what i think happened i think that there was what is called a reset just like they're saying we're going through a great reset
3: now Mm -hmm.
2: so it seems to be a parallel happening here so i'll tell you how this reset This is what people believe how this reset worked. Now, according to Gene Decode, who I interviewed before, so again, his link is on my Facebook page. If you want to hear the conversation I had with him uh, two days ago, we talked a little bit about Tartaria. Yep, that's one of the maps of Tartaria that still exists. And we're going to hopefully do another show where we're going to go through this slide presentation I have on Tartaria and both give comments about, you know, what people Mm. are seeing. But... Um, What he said, and this was verified by my friend that Heltor spoke through, who is the Pleiadian, that they worked with, uh, how can I call them, not-so-nice galactics, which I think they're still doing now. We're talking about Mm. like globalists or elite or whatever you want to call them, the people think they're in charge. And they used advanced weaponry, and they got rid of all the Tartarians. They destroyed them. They buried their buildings. There was some kind of mud flood that's talked about with Tartaria. And then there were all these fires that occurred in the late mid to late 1800s um, in many American cities where they were destroying more buildings. They wanted to destroy all the evidence. So a lot of the cathedrals we have now, they're not religious um, places of worship. They were buildings from Tartaria that was used to help them with their free energy. So they did a complete reset on Tartaria and that was started like about 200 years ago. It's hard to imagine with the histories that we've been taught. Hmm. Then what they did is they re-educated. Where did all these um, foundlings or um, uh, these children come from? Refugees, you know, uh, there were all these children that just appeared out, out of nowhere. They re-educated them all and some people connected to Tartaria said that every single language we have today, they invented it. They're only 200 years old. All the religions, they invented it. It's only 200 years old. Um, sacred ruins that have histories behind it like Stonehenge are fakeries. So again, the whole history of of everything that we've been taught in the past and this one person on facebook i'm talking said rome greece and egypt did not exist so it's like there it, it, what i'm mm. talking about is there was a reset done from tartaria and now i think this is where these people want to go again using you know the big v things to depopulate the earth to reset everything because we have too many people here right now now what Gene, Decote, and I talked about, however, is, and also Heltor confirmed this, divine intervention is going on right now. The Earth is not going to be allowed to be destroyed. The Earth is not going to allow it to become a prison planet. Okay, There is not going to be uh, separation. Of uh, categories of people, of different levels of people, it's going to be equal. We're going to go back to how Tartaria was. One of my free eBooks, I have two experiences that I share. It's called Messages from Argus, where I saw the future, and I know that we're going to go toward a positive future. So the last thing I would share is, and this again, I talk a little bit about in this book, and then hopefully you'll give me time to give out the website and again oh, how to get all Free ebook. Is there was a man interviewed by Car- Carrie Cassidy named Bill Woods? And Mr. Woods worked with a device called Project Looking Glass. Project Looking Glass was developed probably by the globalists. They took it from the Stargate technology. There are Stargates that do exist. It was given to them by not so nice galactics, I would assume. And what Project Looking Glass was about was a device where you would stand in the presence of it and I guess you would think about or visualize some kind of project or activity you want to do and it will reflect back what possible results could happen. Okay. So, in other words, it would tell you like let's say you want to start a new business and you have five different ideas, you could think about each idea and then uh, what you could do is, as you're thinking about each idea, what would be reflected back is the, what that future could be. It's almost like parallel timelines. The idea where we have other aspects of ourselves making different choices. Sure. So it's almost like this device could do it. Now, according to Mr. Wood, in 2012, no matter What scenario, no matter what project, no matter what plan you wanted to create to the future, it would only show one future happening, one. And it wasn't the future that they wanted. So Genie Code was saying, so what happened is he calls the good guys the alliance, light that's fighting the dark, because we have this undeclared war going on behind the scenes. I think it's pretty obvious. He said that... The, the Alliance or the Whiteheads, they got Project Looking Glass and they were able to see every single thing that the cabal or the globalists would try so they would know how to block it. And Mr. Wood said that basically what he observed in this is that a higher power is saying there is an awakening happening to humanity. And in a way, all these kind of dark challenging things are waking people up and in some way they're either waking up and saying hey i haven't been told the truth or hey i want to know about all these uh, other things or their spirituality is being awakened so there is a great awakening that we're in the process of happening now the other thing i talked about with gene decode was you know i see three scenarios about what happens to people during this great awakening and he believes That those who will awaken to their spirituality and the new heaven and new earth, which I call the golden dawn or golden age, whichever you prefer, that there is another version of the earth that some people are already seeing will go to and everything is going to be peaceful and harmonious. And those people who do not, through free will choice, accept that positive reality, they're going to stay here and they're going to have to go through Armageddon. They're going to have to go through you know all this mad stuff now that's what he sees i'm not sure i'm thinking that as the truth comes out and as the advanced technology that's been withheld from us starts coming out and we start re-educating people and doing everything following god's law and respecting each other and living harmoniously and dancing in the street and joyful and everything that um, this will be the catalyst that will awaken the people yeah. who are on the fence. Okay, so they'll come around. But certain people who absolutely are fighting this or whatever, I feel there's another Earth being prepared for them, where they have to go through the what we call the 3D reality of competition and ego and all of that. So, but we believe the timeline for this earth is going to be positive that's the only thing that i've seen so it doesn't matter what the media is saying or the horrendous challenges that are going on or all the weather whatever we are moving in that direction and it's god's will and Heltor said there will be divine intervention that will happen for this so if you agree with me, even though you may not understand from this moment here, because tomorrow's 9-11, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, if some crazy things will go on for 9-11 tomorrow. Yeah. But even if you don't understand step by step how we're going to get there, because it may look impossible, it may look like the globalists are winning. They're getting, they're forcing everyone to get vaxxed, like what's happening in Australia. it's. You know, a total lockdown, that's their test case is what I'm hearing from people uh, from either Australia or on Telegram. Mm. You know, it looks like, you know, nothing's going to stop this. Now, we do have a clue that Gene Decode brought up yesterday. He said, you know, there was this earthquake in Mexico City, right? I said, yeah, I heard about that. He said, but look at these strange colored lights that are flashing in the sky while the earthquake's going on. I said, yeah, I was curious about that. That's not lightning. There is fighting going on between the forces that are in the underground military bases called Dumbs and uh, the Alliance uh, spacecraft. They're firing like laser-type beams or things, and you can hear—I heard explosions in the video people were taking. So that that could be a sign that that everything is starting to turn more towards. The positive. So the key is, and this is what I recommend to everyone, is visualize in your mind what what can it hurt to do this? And look at this vision every day. What would the world be like if we had totally total peace, total harmony? What would that world look like to you? And every day just visualize it and don't accept anything else that's told to you of what's happening, any explanations, like even Afghanistan, I don't think they told us the right explanation. Gene Code again said the reason Afghanistan happened is that they had a lot of poppies in Afghanistan yep. and apparently the Taliban uh, burned those fields and the globalists lost another source of drugs. Miramar was another place they were getting drugs from, and that got taken over by the military. So see, there are things going on in the world that, you know, the media is gonna say, well, you know, Biden blew it and it's this, but maybe there's other reasons for it. So if people just visualize this, you know, peaceful earth, and and through the geometric multiple, like uh, Ken Keyes wrote about the 100th monkey, Well, which of us will become the the hundredth human to visualize peace, and in the next instant, once that hundred person doesn't, peace instantaneously is all over the world. This is how Mm. powerful we are, because we are divine children of God. And everything that exists in every reality, in every dimension, in every universe, is through the power of Creator's mind. Creator visualizes, because Creator wants to experience every conceivable reality. So this is my take on, you know, like what happened before. It's being tried again, but it's going to fail this time. I absolutely know this. How do I know this? Argus is who I will be in this lifetime in my future. He says he's in 2037 to 2040. The world already is at peace by that time. He's showing me scenes of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like if my own self in the future is going to show me that, who am I to disagree with my future self? Although yeah. he's changing, his, he changes his name. But then I say, "Well, Argus, then tell me how are we going from here in 2021? What are the steps and the activities happening and everything?" Sorry, I can't tell you. Then you won't become me. You will go through those experiences because yeah. on the level of spirit, there is no time and space. So that's how I could have such a communication. So let me finish up here with our website for Crystal Skulls.
0: Absolutely, I'll talk
2: a little bit about. The all these new skulls we have that just arrived, uh, I believe it was uh, Wednesday, um, that are looking for their guardians, the Geronimo Juniors, and also the free ebook. So, our website, as he's showing you here, is CSE. Crystal I'm sure, Christopher, you'll have this listed somewhere.
0: Oh, absolutely. The,
2: the video. So, this has our information. Um, there's another one um, I may send you that has some of our free ebooks it's on our new website but it's not done yet so I oh, won't great. I, and I don't even have it memorized so I can't give it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no worries, um, no worries.
2: My email if you, now these are the five free ebooks we have. So of course Crystal Skull only 100 some pages. Are We in a Computer Simulation is another excuse me another Tartaria that's the last one I did in July. Um What else do I have? Um, I have a high level summary of what's going on right now, but it's from May, but I still think it's there. However, I will caution you if you ask me about it. It talks about the light and the dark and I tried to stay away from the horrific stuff that I believe is going on as much as possible, but a lot of people don't want to read about it. So you may not like that one. And what's the other one I have? Uh, Boy, I can't believe it. I, I just sent out all five today. Um well, anyway, um, just write to me and, and I'll tell you the the, the five subjects. Crystals at is my my email. And then Flat Earth will be the next one, which I don't know when that'll be ready because I have to transcribe these, videos and I haven't been able to find people who have time to help me with that. So it's taking, taking me a while to do it. It's like I can do five or 10 minutes a day of just listening and transcribing. Yeah. But eventually that will, that will be out as well. And the last thing I would say is really. And again, Jeannie Code and I, we talked about this too. So you can listen to that interview on my Facebook page, which, um, do you have that that link there? Yeah, I see. I don't have oh, memorized. Facebook.com slash Joshua Shapiro dot CSE. So all the radio shows I do are on there. A lot of stuff about Flat Earth is on there. The interview yes. with Gene Code I just added. The crystal skull I added today and that one just went today. It's oh, really amazing yes. when it happened. Um, uh, that that one there, where you see the Star Fort and Tartaria, that's the link with Gene Decodes interview. Star Forts mm-hmm. also exist. They were not forts, they look like stars, advanced uh, structures done by Tartaria, also. So amazing stuff. So, you know, feel free t- uh, to chat with me, to ask for this information, um, giving out the best information that I have access to to try to help people understand what's happening. So, you so the key is do not come from fear. Do not give your power away. If something doesn't resonate with you, you know, you don't have to follow it. And a lot of people yep. on Telegram saying, you know, if the government says to do something and it doesn't resonate, do not agree because this is the key. If people start waking up and we say, hey, we're not going to follow what you're you're telling us to do, they have no power. Yeah, they have no power. And I and the other thing I will I will say is, um is I saw a document that purportedly, and it's describing exactly what's going on from the globalist point of view, that they're constantly interjecting poisons, you know, whether it's through uh, the sky, our food, our water, our medicines, you know, they they sure. it talks about we'll inject a poison and then the solution will be another poison. But it said one key thing in there and it relates to this idea of people waking up and not giving their power away. It said prime creator is only allowing us to do this because the majority of people are going along with it through their free will. They are agreeing to this, but if they re-decide of their free will that they're not going to follow this, then I will come down and intercede and you will lose everything. Yeah, So this is the most guarded secret that they have is that we don't understand what they're doing and we do not um, challenge them. Well, It's
0: it's the fact that once you relinquish your free will, it's game over on your side.
2: Exactly. And that's what Genie Code was saying to me about the, the big V is almost like you're showing the universe. I'm giving my power away to this because I'm told that I need hmm. to have this. But the statistics are showing, well, I don't even know how many people have been affected. Hundreds yeah. of thousands of people have been affected by this. And so many people coming into the hospitals have taken the vaccine and now they have COVID. Now, what's that about? doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that's another subject. I know you've covered it, but it's just what I'm saying is the whole thing is you have to have a conversation with yourself and say, okay, I listen to Joshua, flat earth, does that make sense? Yes or no? Well, Joshua is absolutely insane. That's okay. That's fine. I, I thought this is flat earthers too. So you have to decide. Same thing with everything offered to us now about explanations about why things are happening. Does it make sense? Does it feel right? Does your intuition mm. tell you yep. that this is something important? Okay, because you have free will, whatever you decide is in divine perfection. But, you know, will your decision be for your highest good? That's really what you have to do.
0: Do what's right for you. Do what's right for you, everybody. That's that's exactly it.
2: And if Uh, you don't get an answer, don't make a decision. If you don't get an answer, don't make a decision. It doesn't matter if your father, Mm. your mother, your brother, your sister, your cousins, your grandparents, they put a pressure on you to do something and it does not feel right. Do not give your power away to make them happy. There was a message I saw by the Pleiadians that this is one of the mistakes that human beings have, that we try to make all the other people around us happy and give our power away to not be ourselves so they'll be happy that's not what it's about you have to stand up for who you are and this is the line i use when i come into contention with someone okay we need to agree to disagree i honor where you're coming from this is your truth this is what you need to do i send you my love i honor it but i agree to disagree it doesn't work for me so i hope that you you and, will do the same with me.
0: And that's okay. And you can remain friends. Hey, you can remain family yeah,
2: and agree absolutely. to disagree. There are no two human beings who are going to agree point for point no. on everything. Even if you met yourself from a parallel earth, you will not yeah. agree with that other aspect of yourself <laughs> on everything. Because if you did, then then there wouldn't be that other yeah. Other parallel Earth.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Joshua, thank you so, so much for taking the time to come back on the show. Uh, once again, you are always welcome on the show. Um, it's always a great conversation whenever we get a chance to talk, whether it's online or here on the airwaves. Uh please do hold the line while we close things out, real quick. Uh, thank you so much again. While you're online checking out where you can get your own crystal skull, everybody, for your home studio, for your home uh, to start changing the way things are there. Stop on by CSE Crystal Skull Explorers dot com. CSC dot Crystal Skull Explorers dot com is where you can go to check out not only uh, the store and all the great. Crystal skulls that they have there, but also the five free eBooks. Go on by and check out the five free eBooks. I'm here to tell you there's some amazing information in there. Uh, while you are online checking all of that out, make sure to stop on by the Dudes and Beer website, dudesandbeer.com. Make sure to stop on by. Don't forget our our call to action is to Google Curious Realm. Uh, CuriousRealm.com is the website you don't have to visit; just Google it. Until next time, everybody, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And remember, if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dudes and Beer podcast. To listen to our dreams or chat with us live, download the official Dudes and Beer app for Android and iDevices, available on Google Play and iTunes markets. For more episodes, content, and information, visit us online at dudesandbeer.com. You can also find our episodes on Breach.tv, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. Dudes and Beer is a proud member of the HC Universal Network family of podcasts. For more about our sponsors and other podcasts on this network, visit hcuniversalnetwork.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and until next time, drink responsibly.